You are now listening to the Socks and Sandals podcast. Every time an independent, a truly independent source goes into the Portland Place Bureau, we find chaos. Just one of the people like just told to my managers who like had fired me, they were like, yeah, did you see Tevin's video was on Complex? And he was like, man, dog, they sick, man. Yada, yada. And I was just like, I was laughing because it was just like, you know, bro, like, you know, God, God always got a plan. Moment, I thought, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna sit here in the middle of this aisle in Target and talk to her and break down what is going on and why she believes that these white Barbie dolls are more valuable or should come home with us over these brown and black Barbie dolls. The Egyptian creation story is a very sexual one Mm -hmm. and it talks of the god creating himself through a sexual act with himself. So it's a masturbatory big bang. Like, I never even hire coaches when I establish a program. I always hire mentors first. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because a mentor gets the big picture. Coach might just get basketball. I want somebody that under X's and I want somebody that's about whole life. I'm not the only podcaster out there. You're not the only marketer out there. Like, there's a lot of people doing the same things. But the things that's going to separate you and I from the rest of the people is that we become our best selves and we just don't quit. So what is the gospel? What is the pure, unadulterated yes, gospel? Yes, yes, and that is what I live by, because the moment this changes is the moment I'm leaving Christianity. Okay. The pure, unadulterated gospel, and I can say it in one sentence, but I'll elaborate. For sure. Is love God and do whatever the fuck you want. Blessings. I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy Emmanuel. I'm back in the building, in the kitchen, whipping it up, so to speak. This episode is brought to you by Camp Elso. Now, Camp Elso has some good things going on, y'all. They are hiring. Yes, the economy is in shambles right now. But there is a black nonprofit that is hiring. So Camp Elso is hiring for its first program director. They're looking for an experienced, outstanding leader to take the helm for their Wayfinders summer program. And not only that, they also are hiring a part time garden educator to work in their children's learning and heritage garden in the New Columbia part of Seeds of Harmony, a village gardens program. So if you are that person that is uh, looking for a job and looking to work in this capacity with children, um, black and brown children, and or you know someone that is looking to work in this capacity and has a heart for this, reach out to the executive director, Sprinavasa at campelso.org, S-P-R-I-N-A-V-A-S-A at campelso.org. All right. And tell them that Socks and Sandals sent you. So this episode, this conversation was recorded Tuesday, May 26th. Um, 
and you guys are going to hear any recording. I mean, we, we were talking about primarily Joe Biden um, and his conversation with Charlemagne and his outlandish statements. But it's crazy how in the light of what's going on right now and what just happened with George Floyd, um, how the comments don't hold as much weight because there's just even more degradation even more overt racism that has reared its ugly head and um it's just inescapable you know but literally on that day i have just seen a clip seen that clip of george floyd um it's crazy like i didn't even you know we didn't have time to process it and and, but we, we brushed over it but didn't have any information. It was just whatever. Oh, you froze, bro. You still there? Fifteen minutes before I started recording with Mondo was insufficient. But yeah, man, we we had a good conversation. Broke down the Joe Biden comments and and really got into a political discussion when we talked about oh. the um All right, the black women's I can hear you. I Joe oh. Biden to have a black yeah. female vice president. Can you hear me? And then we got your screen froze. Like you went out for like thirty seconds. Matriarch. Yeah, no, it said it to stop, and then you came back. I don't know what happened. Conversation, man. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, um, it's that meeting disconnected, trying to reconnect. This moment in time, really. Okay. Go I don't know if it's a connection issue. Just or admire, what, but, like, okay. not admire, but just like enjoy. All right, now I'm not gonna play that. But okay, How so somewhat. Let's get it going, bro. Ready? What up? What we're going through right yeah, now. What we're feeling. What up? What up? Want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. This guy Emmanuel, I'm back in my bedroom, whipping it up. Riots are not 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 the way that y'all was thinking. But um, but yeah, I got my guy back on the show with me, man. It's it's been a while. Not looking for white solidarity, just as black folks organize and live every day, every hour in protest and revolution with that being said let's get to the episode you know what i mean i'm out here living my best life in this quarantine you know how you how you holding up bro are we good man as soon as i can get a full grasp on this potty training thing and quit spending on these diapers like we it's it's good oh you uh you you doing all right man you can't you can't necessarily go at the time that you want to go or what's what's going on man i mean i i can go whenever Mm-hmm. But it's just we're vacuuming and shampooing a lot of carpets these days. Yeah. And I'm getting sick of that. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. But I'm willing to sacrifice that for spending money on all these diapers. So I you feel know, it's you, a bro. struggle. If you if you, you some diapers, I mean I haven't bought adult diapers before, but just let me know what store sells them and I can hook you oh, up. Oh, you're talking about for me. Yeah, you said you was <laughs> <laughs> you said you wasn't I only able. pee on the floor in one room, so it's fine. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. But okay. I'm talking about everywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she just found her designated spot, I can deal oh, with that. Oh, you're talking, about your, you're talking about your daughter. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were talking about you. I didn't know I didn't know where you was going with that. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. They don't go by my spots, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I lay my territory, you know, very quickly. Already, bro. Yeah, I see you got the beer popping, bro. You got the Benny the Butcher swag going right now, man. It's it's Benny uh, the Butcher, man. Yeah, bro. man. It's a good look. That's on what you. we doing? Yeah, bro. <laughs> man, yeah, you know, bro. it's not quite James Harding yet, but but we getting there. You on your way? We getting there, you know. Yeah. Baby strides. 
Already, already, bro. How is they your? Better not making cut it when this when this quarantine stop. I ain't cutting it. What you, you mean? Know? Who is they? Who 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 we? You know, it just depends. I mean, I'm not gonna name my work, but you know, I hope they don't come with that stuff and be like, "Well, we're just trying to keep a a strict, you know, a certain protocol." And they start talking <laughs> that, y'all gonna know why I'm on unemployment. Bro, <laughs> who at your job talk like that, bro? Who who is that? You understand? It took me too damn long. <laughs> we not we not starting over. Mm-hmm. Make all that progress, yeah. bro. Came too far to For go. Real. <laughs> you know, we just you know you do a good job, but we just really need to. <laughs> nah, we not doing that. Say <laughs> so you're not gonna conform, my brother. You're not gonna assimilate to the structure of nah. corporate America, my brother. Nah. Look, I'm not even gonna front for the right price. I would, but they're not paying that price. What's your so, price, bro? What's your price? I mean, are we on air right now? Yeah, we on air. It's recorded, bro. What's your price, bro? <laughs> Let them know. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna need at least like two hundred dollars or something like that. Oh, you know? okay. All right. Hey, they might they might buy you for real. A couple hundred dollars extra on the on the bonus. They might they, they might buy. Career, you feel me? <laughs> They might buy your beard out, bro. Like, here, I, exactly. I'll, I'll take that beard for $200. How about that? You know what I'm saying? Invest in a couple more things on Robin Hood, and we good, you know? Mm, out there with the options game. I see you. <laughs> options, bro. Hey, I see you. <laughs> How was your Memorial Day weekend, bro? It was cool. Actually, we drove up to Yakima, where my wife family is from, um, on Sunday and came back yesterday, um, yesterday evening. And it's cool, you know. They cool, but I, I'm glad the small doses, it, it, it just worked better for me. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, for sure. Yeah. One night, saw you. You saw me. We good. All right. We That's out. it. Check the box. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Check the box. We yeah. did that this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everybody's happy, but, uh, so we good. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. So, all right. It's about time we get out because it's getting dark. That's um, it. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was cool. It was, I wish we had more of a weekend, but it's all good. Were were, but yeah, man. I mean, this. I mean, other than you know the potty training and all that, bro. How has it? How has it been? Quarantine life has been what two months now? March, April. It's been good. Almost it's been real months. good. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It's kind of bittersweet because I know there's a lot of people that are struggling right now. So I don't want to like, you know, there's only so much of. I don't want to act like, oh, this is just the best vacation. I mean, you know, when there's actually people that are, you know, in a bad way. But I will say that it. it you know, spending more time with family and all the stuff that, you know, it's so easy to forget to do when you're just in the everyday grind. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, that much has been, has been nice. It's been, we've been able to reflect on things that you often might take for granted. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say too, on a, on a other note, it was about mid March, right. Mm-hmm. And my family, my family, I, I'm, I don't mean like me and my wife and daughter, we're sane. Right. Mm-hmm. But the exterior, like the cousins, the uncles, and all that, right, right. Yeah. they were trying to throw a surprise party for my great auntie, oh. who is oh. tur- who's turning ninety. So oh. I'm like, yeah, nah. I don't think it's safe to surprise her <laughs> these days. Nah, like, nah. It really made me question like her immediate family and those who are in her will. Like I'm just, <laughs> I got questions. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Are you trying but, to make um, your way so, in there? Is that what you're saying? What's going on? No, no, I'm not. Listen, I have no dog in this room. I'm just going to be there for the Kool-Aid and the mac and cheese and all of that, you know. Word. But <laughs> I'm saying, I feel like it because this whole, you know, pandemic, nobody can gather. So it all just kind of went, you know, to the wayside. 
And in a strange roundabout kind of way, I feel like Corona may have saved her life, you know? Because mm. I feel like yelling surprise is going to be the last thing <laughs> Wait, that we said to her. So, so you thought she was going to be harmed by the surprise, not by the Corona. Is that, is that what you said? No, no, no. The surprise. I thought it was over. I, thought, I was sending her text like, yo, I know I don't see you much, auntie, but I just want you to know I love you. Girl, I'm oh getting all the sentimental God. shit out. You feel me? Like, it was going to be over. Oh, <laughs> I was content man. that when she walks into that dark room oh. and the light go on, and, ah, like, it was going to yeah, be. It was a wrap. Ah, you know, I was going to yeah. hear a note, like some vibrato, and she was going to be out. You know? oh, <laughs> you stupid, bro. I'm just saying. So I, I feel like so, it's, it's been a blessing. So you ruined the surprise, and then it didn't no, happen. No, she just doesn't know. Like, she just had her birthday. She knows she's older, and life continues. Okay, yeah. so it, it didn't go down. They didn't have a party. It, it didn't go down. Okay. Now, they might try it for 91 next year, God willing. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? It's a blessing. Ain't Norma is still with us. So That's what's up, man. Salute to Ann Norma, man. Happy birthday, Ann Norma. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. It, you can tell, too, like, when you, you shouldn't surprise nobody after 80 anyway. But there's a few types of 90, like, <laughs> there's that 90, like, it's whoa, a cutoff. what's your secret? <laughs> and then there's that 90 that's like, you were potty trained before the Great Depression. Like, <laughs> I can tell. I can see it on your face. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's just what? not the one we should be surprising. Huh? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Bro, what type of Bro, mind do you have right now that goes to that? Like, <laughs> you were potty trained. I'm just saying, like, you, you can see old. In Mopar Tour, God willing, I hope we all see that age. But, like, you can look and be like, damn, like, you've been through life. Like, you've lived. Yeah. You're not supposed to be surprised right now. You know what I'm saying? If I get God willing past 80, 85, don't surprise me, y'all. Just let right. me chill. Time's up. <laughs> Time's up for the surprises, huh? <laughs> for real, for real. I feel you. That's what's up. But uh, but yeah, man. So let's let's get into today's episode, man. We got a lot to talk about. Um, unfortunately, because of what's happening today, May 26, 2020, I mean, it's just you know, news by the day, news by the hour. Um, let's get the bad news out the way. I mean, I, there's actually a lot of this is kind of bad news. I mean, it's not good news for us. Um, but let's get yeah. the worst news out of the way. So um, rest in peace to our brother, our cousin, our uncle, our um, our relative, man, George Floyd, an innocent black man, um, was arrested for like maybe like some disorderly conduct or maybe he was intoxicated or maybe he had mental health issues, whatever it was. Um, he wasn't actually committing a crime. You know, they just, he was causing a disturbance. Um, he was arrested, was, uh, was put on his face on his back or put face down. And then the officer had his knee on his neck on the back of his neck and killed him. Um, he said he couldn't breathe multiple times. The officer did not listen or did not care to listen. And uh, he died on camera. Um, somebody recorded it when Facebook live with it. So once again, man, rest in peace to another one, another innocent, unarmed black person killed by the police, man, George Floyd, bro. That's it's wild. Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you, uh, you said you seen it earlier today. I literally just seen it right before we started recording, bro. Like what was, what was your thoughts? You know, when you first seen it, bro? Uh, man, it was just, it's weird. Like at this point, as I mentioned, I was mentioning earlier when we talked about it, you would think that you get used to it or that at a certain point you become 
numb to it. Um, it almost, at times, you'd almost prefer that. But, I mean, it's just something you don't ever get used to seeing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, there's just something about seeing our people, you know what I'm saying, defenseless and, and helpless uh, to people that, that, that wish to cause that type of harm to us and, and have the authority to do so. And knowing that there will you know, likely be no immediate justice for it, you feel me? Like, I don't know, it's just, it was heartbreaking, you know what I'm saying, to see that and just to, just imagine the aftermath of that, you know, for us, like, it's something that like, oh, damn, that's messed up. And it might stay with us for a minute and we go on about our day. But, you know, like you were mentioning earlier, that's somebody's cousin, somebody's uncle, somebody's son, somebody's father, perhaps, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it really, it, it lets you put things in perspective and realize that regardless of, of how we want to look at it, as unfortunate as it is, the rules are, are definitely different for us here and we got to learn how to move accordingly because it's, it's, you know, it's bad out here. And I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe mm-hmm. that's where Philando Castile was shot. Yeah, you it know is. what I mean? So it's just like. That was another one that was heartbreaking, man. Like, man, yeah. That was the most heartbreaking, bro. Like that. It's crazy. Yeah, that was, that was heavy because he was in the car with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And his and his girlfriend, you know what I mean. So it's just yeah. like, but yeah, man, it's 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 hard to put words to it at this point in time. Um, the immediate thoughts that came to my mind is that so-called law enforcement, these so-called police officers, which most of them are really race soldiers, you know what I mean, just racist people. Um, they've They've taken lynching from hanging you from a tree. Now it's just like you could put on a badge and you can shoot somebody, mm-hmm. you know, or you could choke them out or, you know what I mean? That's the new KKK. That's the new white robe and white sheet is just a badge. And, right. you know, and so um, looking at history, the only thing that can um, deter some of this activity is, is violence. Like that's that's the only thing that can deter this. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not encouraging or inciting any type of activity. But I'm just thinking about historically. Like, how do you stop someone from um, physically harming you consistently to the point where they're murdering you and your people? You know, whether this is like a tribe on tribe or clan on clan or nation on nation, like. We've seen what happened when the Japanese, I mean, they say the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, but um, that could have been a false flag operation with some of the research that people do. But um, what happens when the, when Japan bombs the United States? What is the United States going to do? They're going to go yeah. to Japan and start killing Japanese people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if the, if the Russians bomb us, they're going to bomb the Russians. If the Vietnamese, whatever, take out an embassy, United States embassy, they're going to start killing Vietnamese. They're going to send a message. And so historically, historically, that's that's the only way to deter somebody physically threatening your life, like with with weapons or just like the police killing you, like some some organized group of people that is that is murdering (laughs) another group of people at a certain rate. And it's a certain consistency, like. What what else can you do other than take up arms and and defend yourself? You know what I mean? Yeah. Haiti is a good example of that. They said, <laughs> "Damn that, y'all not gonna own us forever." You know what I'm saying? And although right. they're not in the best state now, 
I give them credit for collectively coming together and being like, you know, <laughs> we'll be in a third world country before we allow y'all to own us forever mm-hmm. uh, and, and fight back and, and, you know what I'm saying, take their dignity in that regard. But I feel like for something like that to happen with it, in our current state, I mean, it would take everyone being on one accord, which we're not, which we're, yeah. we're very much not. Yeah. And, um, you know, not to get into, you know, theology and all that, but, you know, I believe that this is, this is all prophecy in my humble opinion and that, you know, when the time comes, you know, things are going to be the way that they're supposed to be. Um, but it is tough, you know what I'm saying? Just realizing that, you know, things are different and, and we really have to be careful and, and strategic about how we navigate through this system that's not designed uh, for us to prosper in, you know what I mean? What's the, what's the prophecy part? What do you mean, the, the, what's the prophecy? You're saying this is prophecy like the, the police killing us? Yeah. Where? It's prophecy that this is our captivity. I mean, we, I could, I could, <laughs> I, it, see, you don't believe in the scriptures, I don't think, you know what I mean? So. I shouldn't have I mean, to believe know. if you, if you say it, if you say that it is what, it, what you say it is, then hopefully you could back that up. What do you mean? Like prove like it, like, like explain it. Don't just tell me it's prophecy and I got to believe it just because somebody said it's prophecy. What prophecy is it? Well, if you read in Deuteronomy, uh, I believe 28, when it speaks about the curses that are going to be bestowed upon us. Um, I didn't know we were going to talk, have a theological uh, conversation, but. Hey, you brought, you brought uh, prophecy into it. So now I gotta, I gotta ask. Also, also if I, where is it, man? If I look, man, I wish we had a look. If I'd have known, bro, I could, I could point it out to you in, in Nehemiah, I believe. Also, if you read the prophecy that Daniel gave, I believe in, I want to say out of chapter four or chapter seven of Daniel, where he talks about all the different nations and when they're going to reign and, and what order they're going to reign. And we, you know, he described first the um, Babylonian empire, which then went to the medio Persian empire, which then went to uh, the Greece empire with Alexander the great and so on and so forth. And then the Roman empire and the Roman being the fourth beast in his dream that he uh, decoded or, or prophesied to Nebuchadnezzar said that there'd be a remnant, that would last throughout the world and they would basically push. Oh, there you go. You back? Yeah. Yeah. You went out. Okay. But everything from the names of the days to the names of the months to, you know, Pope Gregory changing the calendar to us for us to, to adhere to these, you know, Babylonian principles. Um, Even in it's, it's almost striking too. If you look at the, the time period, that was prophesied from when our captivity would would end after we left, um, 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 after we were exiled from Jerusalem, to when our transatlantic transatlantic slave trade started and how long the transatlantic slave trade was. Uh, I can't break it down to you in full right now because I didn't know that we were going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. But but we can come back to it and I'll show you. Like when I show you the numbers and how they line up, like you could say, oh, you know, it's all coincidence. Anybody can write some numbers down, but you're gonna have to believe that there's a lot of coincidences. To, to, to keep that, you know what I mean? Like, this is stuff that, like, I, I study pretty diligently, but I didn't know we were going to be talking about it. But we No can worries. No, we, can, we can definitely yeah. get into that at a later time, yeah. for sure. Give me a, a week or two, and I can bring all the precepts to you, and you tell me that all this is just coincidence, and <laughs> somebody just wrote it, and it was a creative writer. Like, yo, the times line up too much for me. 
For sure, for sure. Like we can we can get into that for sure. So uh next up, man, I don't know if you heard about um the latest news regarding brother Talcum X. No? No. Uh or I'm sorry, he goes by uh Martin Luther Cream. <laughs> no. W E B defraud, does that ring a bell? Is he a rapper? Like <laughs> no. Al- Albino Sharpton, does that ring a bell? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, are we Crooker, talking about Crooker T. Washington? Now, do you know? Do you know who I'm talking about now? Are we talking about Average Joe? No, we're not talking about Average Joe. We're talking about Hewless no. P. Newton. No. <laughs> who are we talking about, bro? Why are you manipulating? Bro, we talking, talking about we talking about we talking about Stevie Wonder Bread, bro. You don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Stevie Wonder, like I'm, I'm curious to know, bro. I'm not bro. to know right now, so it's good. Sean King, you ain't heard about what, what Sean King is. Oh, Sean! I don't even listen. I don't, I don't. People get outraged at stuff he said. I never know what he says. Like it's not about what he says. It's about I don't follow what him. he's done. It's about what he's done. So Sean King, I've now I've seen this like from time to time. Um, and I he's not even black, is he? I heard. I don't know. That's that's in question. That's in question. I mean, they they say that on his birth certificate. There's a white man on his birth certificate. But that's not his real father. That's what he said. I, you know, I, I I'm not really gonna get into that because. But that's, that's a whole important. Can- it. it it is important, but I re- I have no idea. And what because I've- if he's not, then there's no relevance to anything he's saying. Like I I don't. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like- well, yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, I mean, he is trying to do. He's supposed to be an activist for the black community. So uh, Rachel Dolezal was an or- activist for the black community as well. So she, you know. She did some good exactly. So, <laughs> no, nah, but black. <laughs> exactly. So he's got the hair to prove she, it. She does have the hair to prove it. Her hair grows up uh, t- towards the sun. So, <laughs> really? <laughs> oh man! But basically, man, he's he's in the news for. Uh, I guess he's had some like financial improprieties, and I've seen this multiple times. And it's just another article that came out. I guess it was the 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 Daily Beast put out an article and I seen it, but I seen it like on Bossup's Twitter and uh, they reposted it. And just basically, man, like he's raising money and he has like all these initiatives that he raises money for, but they fail or they just kind of go out of business or they just become defunct. Um, and he's saying that he's not making money from these causes that he's working for or money that you know, fundraising things that he's doing, GoFundMe's and all that. But he's basically like pocketing a, a large share of that, like some of them, like 40%. Um, and he's raised. So you're saying he's an oppression pimp. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, okay. for sure. And, uh, and it's like, and they got like tax. I don't know how to get this stuff, man. Like IRS documents, tax, re- tax returns from like 2013, 2014. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of uh, errors or a lot of inaccuracies, and it's just more and more stuff that's coming out about him. So, yeah, bro, he's uh, he's definitely. I mean, according to Black Twitter, as of as of May twenty six, twenty twenty, he's canceled. So we'll see how long that lasts. He's canceled. He he's canceled. I, I, hey, that's what they say. They they say he's canceled. So, uh, I guess we'll go. When so you're canceled, does that mean like that? Just by proxy, your your checks are canceled at that point. No, like. Your followers are go to zero instantly, or your accounts are deactivated. Like, no. so you're canceled. Like, what? What all does that encompass? Like, does that just mean I don't? We don't like you right now? Like, because that's what it feels like. 
Yeah, but it just means that it means that um, Black Twitter doesn't like you. That, that's all that means. Black Twitter is not. Oh, okay. So, so Black Twitter is not gonna retweet you, um, or they're not gonna show you. They're they're not gonna like give you any passes. Like if stuff comes up, like we're gonna jump on your head, you know. So that's kind of what that means. So we're just gonna talk about you, and your name will be more infamous, you know, and we won't say favorable things about you, but you'll likely still prosper. And the I mean, will continue. But but Sean King, you know, he's one of those um higher guns, like nonprofit profits that uh that um my guy Marcus Garvey talks about. So he is he's a dangerous person in the black community, like the people that live off philanthropy and and uh and you know, just donations and stuff, and they'll do anything to sell out their people. And so uh I think black people are, are onto that, you know, black folks in America are finally like accepting that um because it's coming out because the first time like that stuff was kind of reported especially the the birth certificate stuff that was reported by breitbart which is like a known like highly suspected white supremacist website and so they was like oh why are they putting out that information but then like this money stuff it just keeps coming out and he's raised money for like trayvon martin and tamir rice and those families are saying like they're not getting none of that money so it's been reported by other people that are not necessarily news sources but people on twitter and now it's just like the news sources are getting onto it and the masses are kind of like co-signing and corroborating everything that the news sources are saying so that's kind of what's going on right now with this so-called cancellation it's crazy bro i mean yeah as that and you know, I just now stopped my donations towards uh, the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy for Young Black Boy. <laughs> I'm you, just, you just now stopped? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never sent no money to the niggas. But, uh, <laughs> it's, oh, I mean, man. on the one hand, like, you know, yeah, it's fucked up, you know, <laughs> that you would prey upon, uh, you know, black oppression to use that as a, as a means to profit and monetize that shit. But at the same time, me, I don't know. I don't want to sound careless, but people got to be smarter, man. We got to stop. People got to stop looking for like some human, you know, savior that's going to like people. It's so easy just to to pimp black folks, unfortunately. You know what I mean? And I feel like so many people are conditioned, um, perhaps because of the modern church or, or whatever. <laughs> like we're, mm. we're just so used to someone talking to us, telling us everything that's wrong. They don't really have to present any ways that they're going to fix it. They just that they can eloquently tell you all this stuff is wrong and we have to do better. Give me money so I can make it happen. And people just, you know what I'm saying? But like, honestly, so, bro, like the, the whole GoFundMe culture, it's not just him. Like there are random people that make up random like lies about what happened to them. And they create some type of story that pulls on that. people's emotional heartstrings and like people can raise money for anything. So I know you, that happens. I know that happens, but I'm talking yeah. I know that but I'm talking specifically to those that try and use our plight as so called black people in America mm-hmm. as a means to like, you know, gain funds. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, sure. all this stuff is wrong, you know, pay me so we can figure out a way to fix this. And people right. just freely give their money. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Uh, obviously, it's wrong, and hopefully, he, you know, justice is served. But at the same time, folks got to be smarter. Stop giving people your money. Yeah, man. If if people would invest in themselves as much as they invest in these nonprofit profits, and not, to, and I don't want to like denigrate people that are um, that have nonprofits because there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of good work. Yeah. But there's these certain like, um, like you said, uh, Umar or Sean King or 
there's other people that that's all they do. And it's real yeah. just a charismatic type of preacher type of, you know, just get you all worked up and then give, you know, give them all this money. But then what, like, we don't ever check their work, but, but that's, but that's not black people only think about it. A lot of, a lot of people, a lot of Americans give a lot of money to a lot of politicians and a lot of politicians yeah. do not come and, through on their promises. So it's not just us. It's like, it's everybody, bro. You know? Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Not it just, you I just, you really just hate to see it though. You hate to see it when it's us. I know I do. I hate to see I it. I hate to see it when it's us. And I really can give a damn about everybody else. I'm more focused on us. Um, but, but I do know other people, you know, that happens and so and whatnot, but it's, it's such a, I don't want to say brilliant, but it's a very calculated scheme, right? Because there's always going to be something new to pull in your emotional strings. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's like even the stuff that happened today, it's a prime opportunity for somebody, if we weren't within this pandemic, for a, a Dr. Umar or whoever to get more speaking engagements because they're going to come to your town and galvanize you and talk about what's wrong and how I got the answer to fix it. And people want to feel oh, good. Like, man. that's why... 90% of people go to church every Sunday because they just want to feel good. I don't want to like learn nothing. They want to feel like, yeah, I feel good about life. I want to be uplifted. And in mm. these times, people found a way. If you're a great orator and you, you have a way with words, you have the gift of gab, per, per se, you can pin people. <laughs> like I can tell you everything that you already know if you just look outside and you think that somehow I can do something about it because I sound good and I'm going to uplift you. You know what I'm saying? So... It, the thing the is, Sean man, King thing hurts more because that nigga ain't even black. Like, uh, not that it would feel better if he was black, <laughs> but it's like I see this white boy like <laughs> posing as like black savior. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. The it's, funny that's what's still about to me. <laughs> the funniest thing about that st- it's just such a profound statement. That nigga ain't black. Did Did Joe Biden say I that? Too? It. Or the, did, did you- <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know that. That's why I said it like that. You know, because. Niggas that's is a nigga. beautiful thing. Oh, you know man. Niggas is a beautiful so. thing. Ah. <laughs> I need to watch that. I need to watch Bamboozled again, man. I mean, bro, that, that movie, that movie is timeless. That is timeless, bro. So, so underrated. So like, underrated, ahead of his time. Underrated movie. Oh, easily. <laughs> easily, man. Profound. Yeah, for sure. There's things about that movie that ring true today. As oh, long yeah. as old as that movie is. I was saying, as, as long as there's like racism and white supremacy, that, that movie is relevant, bro. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess we can lightly touch on Central Park Karen. I mean, I think this just came out last 24, 48 hours. Um, basically, mm-hmm. um, a white woman called the police on a black man. So she was in Central Park. They were in like a natural uh, habitat of birds or something like that. And dogs are supposed to be on the leash. He asked her to mm-hmm. put her dog on a leash because her dog was running free. She got mad and then she called the police. And was saying, you know, he was threatening her life and her dog's life. And she had, you know, her white tears all weaponized. And she kept saying, oh, this African-American man is African-American. She kept saying African-American. She would emphasize that time after time. And uh, nothing happened to the man. I don't even think the police came. But from what I've heard, she's lost her job. She's lost her dog. Uh, all in a matter of like 40 they hours. They took her dog? I heard they. I heard they took her dog, bro. Black Black Twitter might be lying to me, bro. I hope I'm not gossiping. I hope I'm not gossiping, bro. But I heard that her dog is gone, bro. I heard that they took her dog. So, yeah. Man. Hey, yeah. who is they? Like who? I, who is they? they? I, man, that's a good question. That's a good. Who is, like who's the, the? Surely the police weren't like, nah, we're taking your dog. Like you know, like 
Who, who's the they? I don't know. I don't Did Black know. Twitter hey. take their dog? <laughs> <laughs> That's all bad, know, bro. bro. I'm curious. I, I got yeah. questions. But. Black Twitter might have canceled her like dog ownership uh, privileges. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, don't sympathize. I don't sympathize for her. I mean, it is what it is, you know? If anything, though, like, I, look, I shouldn't say this because I don't want to bring light to a serious issue of black oppression and racism and yada, 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 right? First and foremost, I'm glad the police didn't show up and he didn't get shot because that's probably the worst case scenario. And this would have been a whole different type of, you know, and conversation. We know that that's what she was trying to do. That's what exactly. 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 So I'm glad that didn't work. On a side note, though, like after listening to it, she did give a, a fairly, if, I, if I'm a, a, a whatchamacallit, like a 911 operator, she gave a convincing performance. <laughs> like, if you listen to her, well, like, she sounded silly. Like, I would think, wow, like, you're being attacked. Like, if you hear the inflection in her voice, the, the shakiness, the, like, it almost sound like she's running from, from fucking Godzilla or some shit. Like, it sounded real. Like, it's funny when I watched it in real time and realized, like, ain't shit happening. Like, bro, you had you had empathy for her. You had empathy for her, didn't you? No, I was, no, because I'm watching <laughs> it in real time. So I'm like, bitch, I can see you. <laughs> like, nothing's happening. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't, I didn't sympathize for her. But I'm saying if I were on the other line and I couldn't see her, like, damn, like, she sounded real. Like, yo, like, one of these agencies or whatever, you know, acting agency, casting agencies, oh, uh, she gave a pretty good performance. Yeah. Not that I want to see her go get paid on some Hollywood shit, but I feel like, you know, she was convincing in, on that front. Well, you know what? I heard DJ Vlad already booked her in the studio, so you might Did be he? able to. Yeah, she, she might uh, be no able to. I'm just, oh, I'm no. just playing. I'm just DJ playing. <laughs> it would be DJ, DJ Vlad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bro, I can see Vlad having her. So, uh, uh, Karen, um, <laughs> so when, when you were in the park that day, like, why did you say that the black man uh try to kill you? Uh, I, I can't. Stand, I know. I know you still rock with Vlad, bro. But I cannot stand. Yo, him. look, Vlad. Listen, nah. I'm not mad at Vlad. I'm not mad. At, I know you don't like him. Right. It is what it is. Right. And I'm not saying. I'm look. I'm. I'm definitely not trying to pretend that he's like good for the culture or nothing like that. I'm not even gonna call him a contributor to the quote unquote culture. For lack of a better word, it's not really culture because it changes every year. But that's another conversation, right? But he, uh, <laughs> I, I can't be mad at him because it's not him that makes people say what they say. He's not holding a gun to nobody. People go up there and say dumb shit, you know what I'm saying, and make themselves look bad. And it's just for the viewing pleasure of people that find that entertaining. Now, is it? Do the optics of it look bad that this white man is able to make millions upon millions every year off of? The, the lowest fuckery uh, amongst our community. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit silly, but sometimes the shit be entertaining. I just laugh at like the real so, like so-called gangsters that be on there. Like, you know, face tattoos, like nigga bandana out and everything, and they just spill everything out. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're yeah, not, so I had seen him. Why, <laughs> why do you think that they're real gangsters because they got a face tattoo? Because like that that's when you know that they're real. Like you okay. give it up oh, okay, on everything okay. else. All right, all you right. have no, you have no other aspirations. Like you right. may not be that real, but you're committed to at least looking like you are. You feel right. me? Yeah. Like you yeah. have no aspirations to like get a real job or anything. Like for sure, you've gone all in. Either you're gonna succeed in rap or or gangbanging. Like those are your options, and you've 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 admitted to that now. Like wow. <laughs> you made a public statement, right? Wow. So I'm saying like 
when they go in there and they just be like just describing all the different incidents like yeah so i seen him and he came and i was like bro like is it time you know what i'm saying is it is we got him right there like you got him right there like bro let's go at him bro so i get out the car and then pookie came with the gun and it like they just described the whole shit like i'll be cracking up bro i'm serious like popcorn it's terrible like it's but nobody calls them snitches when they telling themselves yeah yeah, I mean, it's just stupid, but it's just funny. So yeah, let's let's neither here nor there, and you know, I don't want to give Vlad any any time. You know what I mean? Like Vlad is trash, you know. So, but his questions, his line of question is, do we kind of like nigga seriously, bro? So, he, like he be he be you're interrogating at the park, right? Yeah. So yeah. when you're when you're banging on the set, like <laughs> what what did they what did they say? <laughs> <laughs> like, but you are so fucking weak, bro. <laughs> he's terrible. He's terrible. So what did you think when he like he comes and he's like, you know, oh, he's throwing up gang signs on you and he pulled his piece out. Like, what were you thinking? Vlad, <laughs> shut the fuck up, bro. Like, bro. But they still just be answering it. Like, they, there's never once I've seen it where they're like, Vlad, that's some weak shit. I ain't talking about that. He like, would say, like, he would say, pull his piece out, bro. Like, that's just, <laughs> Vlad is Vlad is one of them dudes, bro. Um. <laughs> But let's let's switch gears. Let's switch gears real quick, man. On May twenty second, twenty twenty, Leonard McKelvey, aka Charlemagne the God, interviewed former vice oh. president and Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden. All right, now did you just raise your fist, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I got to it's for the culture. Oh my God! So he interviewed Joe Biden on a Breakfast Club. Uh, it went viral for many reasons, and it really what happened at the end is why it really went off. But we're just gonna break this down. Um, a few clips here, actually, yeah, a, a good amount of clips here. We're gonna break it down. We're gonna get into it. Um, it's crazy though. Like, just imagine meeting someone for the first time in the midst of exchanging pleasantries and just the basic, like, how you doing. They give you an unsolicited synopsis on the unfortunate recent events that pertain to your race. Like you didn't, you didn't ask for this, but this is what they gave you. Like, this is how Joe Biden was giving it up. First of all, how are you? How's your family during this quarantine? Thank God everybody's doing well. How about you and your family? Man, we over here blessed black and highly favored, man. Well, I tell you what, the black community is getting killed though. That is very, very true. That is very true. Um, so yeah, bro. Off the off of <laughs> Charlemagne saying, "Yo, I'm black, blessed, and highly favored." He come back with, "Yeah, man, but black people are getting killed, though." I'm like, bruh, like that's that's the first thing you gotta say. Like that's your response, bro. Like to to being blessed, well, I mean, black, and highly favored. You know what I mean? To be fair, like he he only has like five minutes to 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 pull at the emotional strings of black people. So he, he had, had, he had right. 18 minutes. He had 18 minutes, bro. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, 18. All right. But he had to jump right to it. But no, I feel you. <laughs> I, feel, I mean, I feel you. Like, like it's the same thing. It's like, we just talked about it with Sean King. It's oppression pimping. Like, let me just point out the obvious, you know, shit that be happening. And y'all going to get behind me. You know what but I mean? To me, like, that, wasn't, that wasn't no pimping, man. Because, like, all right. So this is, this is what I think about Joe Biden, like, based upon this and other things that, I, that I've seen about him and from him. He's a highly suspected white supremacist. And so when you have someone who is highly suspected of being a white supremacist, 
when they say something like that unsolicited, black people are getting killed though. Like that was it. Black people are getting killed though from COVID-19. Like, okay. Like how is, how was somebody really supposed to take that as like somebody saying that in good faith or with my best interest at heart or somebody saying that sympathetically, bro. Like, and if, I don't know. I, I don't want to go too far think, with my I opinions think, on that, but yeah. I think he meant, I think he, like, I don't know if it worked this way, but I think he meant for it to come across like, I need to bring awareness to this because we all know if we ever need to know what's going on in the black community, we need to look to Joe Biden. Right, because right? he's the, he's the so, one that knows, yeah. Because he, <laughs> exactly. li- he lived in the hood. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but yeah, he's... <laughs> so the fact that he jumped to that, like, I feel like he, he said it like he was enlightening, you know, enlightening us to some shit like but right. black people are dying and you need to know about it you know what i mean like right i don't know i just i thought it was funny I mean, at a certain point like what does it really matter if you unless you've been doing something about it you know what i mean right but i don't know yeah man so that's that's how that's how he started with uh with charlemagne he just got right into his suspected white supremacist activity and rhetoric and then um this next these next two clips i'm gonna just play the, the second clip first um it's just it's just funny to hear how white politicians or just any white person talks to the the breakfast club or any like black group or black black audience whatever the case might be hillary was doing it you know she was pandering um i wouldn't say he yeah she was bad she was terrible uh i wouldn't say joe was necessarily pandering but he i don't know let's let's play the clip i think so to some degree yeah it wasn't like I bring hot sauce everywhere I go, and I love Beyonce pandering. Yeah, that was but, <laughs> but it was still, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it was bad. But let's uh, let's get into this one real quick. One, one thing I've been critical about is I feel like you've been, like, MIA during this global pandemic. You know, it's people like Governor Cuomo here in New York who have become political stars simply because we see and hear from them every day. So I'm just, I'm just like, how, I'm, I'm wondering how you're going to energize people and win a campaign from the House. Well, I tell you what, I'm doing, I'm, I'm following the rules, man. True. Number one, I'm keeping the rules. My governor says he doesn't want us out. I haven't been out. So it's, it's very, uh, it's very subtle. It's not something that just jumps off the screen, but he's just like, I'm following the rules, man. Now, we know good and well, he wouldn't say that to anybody else except a black person. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, uh, it's like when, um, it's like when black people, like when we code switch, like we do it in corporate America or we do it in like white social circles. And uh, we kind of, you know, we, we joke about it and we almost kind of consciously or unconsciously like pat ourselves on the back for knowing how to code switch and knowing how to finesse the game or whatever the case might be. But yeah. when white people code switch, we don't we don't see it that way. You know what I mean? As you know, and we have the right to see it however we see it. But uh, well, because how do you, how like do you feel about the white code switching, bro? Well, unfortunately, when we're when we code switch, you know, like we have a need, I guess, to assimilate to quote unquote white culture or uh, corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's normally we have to to quote unquote elevate. You know, we have to mm. we have to be. I hate that you know being articulate and eloquent. Um, is really only associated with, you know, that demographic or every other demographic, but maybe us and Latinos. Um, But 
that's seen as, you know, you coach when you're, you're talking like this or, or you know, you got a, a corporate vibe to you, that sort of thing. But when they do it, it's almost like they're talking down to us, like they're dumbing themselves down, it would seem. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they'll give you the, the lowest hanging fruit as if that's just, that's just suffice to impress these people. Like, right. I'm following the rules, brother. Like, <laughs> like oh, that's I, how you I hate to me. Bro, I cannot stand when white people call say brother to me. Like, bro, do not, don't. don't <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I hate that shit. I'm not your brother. Nah, nah. <laughs> you know? And don't think, oh, well, he must talk like that. So I'm going to talk like that. White people do that all the yeah, time. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you know, certain white people will say, hey, man, I, I've been to a Lil Wayne concert four times, man. You, you haven't seen Lil Wayne oh, live? Gosh. You haven't seen Lil Wayne? <laughs> you know, your, your, your old, your old homeboy from the old job. You know what I'm talking about. Don't you say know. my homeboy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> I, know, I have no about. idea what you're talking about. Your, your partner, bro. <laughs> y'all still get drinks and shoot pool together. I know you talk, you know. Nah, bro. Don't be telling lies on me. <laughs> hey, you don't really catch me with Esau too much. Esau. Oh, <laughs> oh, never mind. But uh, <laughs> that was that was over there. That was, that was over there. Oh, another conversation. Yeah, but, yeah, my brother, I see, I see. But uh, <laughs> hey, remember when old boy he came through the parking lot? We was talking. He's like, "Oh man, Soul Patrol." <laughs> <laughs> bro, I forgot all about that, bro. That man, it, it's hey. so much in my memories that like I'd be glad I forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Soul Patrol, oh, what's goodness. going on, guys? I'm like, come on. Yeah, well, it's like, I don't know. I, I think we have to code switch so often just to advance, you know, in America in so many different aspects of, of life or career here uh, that we're able to kind of see ourselves from an exterior lens in a way that white people can't. Like, they can't see themselves. Obviously, I don't feel like they know how dumb they appear. Like, how you're not relating to me. Like, we're no closer now. If anything, like, you just put yourself further away from me now. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, people, I think a lot of times they think they're relating to you, but, you know, they don't know how dumb. It'd be like if you were walking up to, I don't know, somebody else and talking to them in a letter, like a different, uh, uh, of a different heritage and thinking that you're relating to them by trying to speak in their accent or what I, like, you know how dumb you would look? <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody, you don't do that. Like, what are you, and as if we have some sort of different accent that we have. Like, we speak in the same language. Like, you ain't got a soul patrol. What does that even mean, bro? <laughs> you know, and like you said, don't call me brother. Like, I just, it's, there's so much, bro. It's but bad. Joe Biden, it was very subtle. It was very subtle. Like, it was this very is, subtle. This is learned behavior for him. I don't think this is something that he did often or that he has a need to do often. You know hey, what but I mean? You know, you know what wasn't subtle <clears throat> to me is this third clip. Because he just, he really lays it on thick in this third one. Right now, there's a study out of Columbia University and the Disease Control Center up there. They pointed out that if he had listened to me and others and acted just one week earlier to deal with this virus, there'd be 36,000 fewer people dead. Dead. Mm. Dead. And you guys are wondering, what are we, what's he doing? Come on, man. Get a life. Get a life. This guy has been. Well, come on, man. Get a life. Like, come on, bro. Like, did he really need to go like that hard? He just, he stepped it up. He, he didn't need to do that. Level. And he also, not to take us off topic, but he plagiarized Will Smith in, um, in I Am Legend when he was like, dead, dead. 
Oh, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I was wondering why he was going so hard on that dead. I was like, all you know right, bro. Like, it's... like, I was thinking I had deja vu. Like, where did I hear this? Like, this is just like we're a little bit less old than what I remember it. <laughs> but no, yeah. So he, a little less, a little less seasoning <laughs> than what I was used to. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? It was a little, oh, a little stale, but you know. Um, come on, man. But, Get I mean, a life. <laughs> come on, come- man. <laughs> Like where, like where else are you saying that, bro? What other major news outlet are you talking like that, bro? It's, so, it's bro, you don't so think obvious. he talks like that. You don't think he talks like that to Congress? Come on, bro. Like it's so obvious <laughs> the condescension, the pandering, the disrespect. Like if you don't understand, like you said, like they can't necessarily see themselves outside of themselves when they're talking to us. But it's also a thing where the way I interpret it is like they don't necessarily care. Um, yeah. for the for the true connection like like they just want to connect so that just to make you feel like they're connecting with you just so they can get what they want from you but they i mean it's not like they care to really connect and like make it because they're not trying to develop a long-lasting relationship they just they're just yeah. doing it for the transaction of whether it's getting they what they need on the job in this yeah in this situation that he just wants to vote and so he don't care how he look. Like as long as he get the vote and he gets the win, like he care less about how he comes off. You know what I mean? Well, what it what it really boils down to for me is like this is a reflection of what he thinks of you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like this is he thinks that this is how to relate to you. It's almost like when you talk to babies, oh, like they're on that level. So I'm trying to meet them on their level to get right. along with them. Yeah. So yeah. he thinks that of us. Like he'd say, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, like he thinks that that shit is like you know welcome like we're gonna welcome him to the cookout now you know what i mean oh god that that cook welcome them welcome people to the cookout like we gotta retire that phrase we need to cancel that phrase bro like that's dead like it's it's a wrap for that for lack of a better way i mean we don't really have cookouts but you know what i'm saying like well we can't do it that's no the social distancing like we gotta keep the cookout on the low to be honest but that's know. the vibes i get you know what yeah, I, mean? I feel you i feel you but you know maybe maybe it's not code switching Maybe it's not because there's a point. I don't necessarily have a clip for it for this at this time. And uh, I just this this part kind of just went over my head. But you did say that in part of that clip or a part of that video, he told us about how he lived in the hood. So tell me more about that. I, f- I forgot about that part, bro. Uh, I, for, like, I don't want to misquote him. Let me see if you sent me the original video. Because I, I didn't know I didn't know Joe was in the projects like that, bro. Like Joe might be a certified, like you know what I mean. Like he might he might have. I don't well, know, I mean, my card in the tuck. I don't know what, how that works with him, but like he might have been invited. I mean, to so it's many well cookouts. documented before he was a politician. He was Fruitown Paru. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. I, I hey, so, I hope that's factual, bro. Because what you say in the words, bro, that might get you in trouble. So you might want to, you know, what bro. I mean? Like it's facts. Okay. It's facts, bro. All right. Like, right. why you think in the picture, like, the thing you sent me, mm-hmm. he's got a red tie on. I don't know if you can see it, but. I see it. I see it. It's a red tie. Like, yeah. he's a Democrat. Like, what's he doing wearing a red tie? He's still trying to show his affiliations. Mm-hmm. But it's neither here nor there. Okay. But, but let me see. Breaking it down. Right. Breaking it down, bro. I, I don't know what part of it was that. We'd have to listen to it, but I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what part it's at. But just, just, but yeah, just tell, tell the story. He had mentioned, I forget what city it was, but the, the, the essence of it, it didn't really matter what exact city it was, but he said he moved, like, he purposefully moved to a more impoverished part of the city. 
mm. where he stayed during the time of it, whether it was his, his undergrad or whatever it was, but he wanted to purposefully stay in a lesser privileged part of the community so he could understand Mm. But what he was saying is like he could understand black people is what the sentiment he was trying to put across, right? Yeah. Like, I wanted to understand you so much that, you know, I hung out with broke niggas. <laughs> like, is really what he was saying. You know what I'm saying? I thought it but had when, something to do with like a job that he had got. And like, I, I think he got a job somewhere where he didn't really know where it was at or something. It was, it was a weird story. It was something. It was yeah, something. It was, but it I, was so I confusing remember, that I just didn't even. I was like, I don't even know what he's trying to get at, and it just. I remember like, distinctively though that he mentioned living in either the projects or the ghetto, however you like pronounced it, so that he could understand. Like, so like oh, he God. used it as a means to like now I understand this people because I spent time in this you know whatever like, uh, which I thought was silly. You know, as if one little neighborhood that he lives in can encompass all quote unquote black people. You know. Yeah. Um, and as if you was really out there like that, like be serious, like for real, <laughs> like you was out there like that, like just mingling with everybody. Right. Like, he, probably, he probably went somewhere for a week and was like, I, I, I can't take this. I, this is. This, <laughs> That's this. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you can't fact check none of this shit. Like anybody can nah. get up there and say anything. Like, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He stayed in the Airbnb for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, like bro. it's just silly. Yeah, man. And so, uh, moving on, man, this, this next clip, and Mano, you don't necessarily have to listen to this one, bro. Like, we, it, was, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was like, he was just pointing out racism and saying enough is enough. And it's just like, how many times, like, if you're, if you're a Democrat, if you're black and you're a Democrat, how many times do you have to hear this spiel to know that these fools is full of shit? Like, they don't mean anything that they say. They just say the same stuff to make you think that they're thinking of you and they're going to have you in mind when they get in office, but they're not, they're not going to do anything. Like, but he was the vice president with Obama for eight years. He and Obama collectively did not do anything to make sure that we were, go ahead, go ahead. It was all boiling up. Like, like he was now it's the eight year mark is like something has to happen. And then it was an extra four years with Trump. And like now it's way overflowing. Like his urge to help black people oh, is just stronger than it's ever been. I mean, how, how many times do we have to hear a politician reiterate, <laughs> tell us what we already know? You're disproportionately uninsured. You're disproportionately unhealthy. You're disproportionately incarcerated. You're disproportionately killed by the police. You're disproportionately impoverished. Like how many times do we have to hear that, bro? You know what I mean? Like, what? what is, it's just like empty words. But the thing is, they keep saying it and they keep getting the support from us. And so it's just like, they keep spouting the same rhetoric and people keep eating it up, bro. It's like, it's really- Well, that's what I was mentioning earlier. Like, you don't have to have any, you don't have to have any, any history of, you know, an effort towards helping us. You don't have to really present any real or tangible, uh, um, you know, strategy as to how we're going to you know get ourselves out of this situation all you have to just do is mention obvious shit that we all know <laughs> you know and it's like people are satisfied saying oh well if he can see that you know he's all right what do you mean like who can't see this shit well actually you know it's, it's good that you said that because we're gonna skip over clip five right now going to clip six uh the biden manifesto for black america um and a synopsis of that he was basically saying um, 
you know, he's going to deal with the prison system and crime and marijuana sentences. Like when he talked about the black manifesto that he has, all it had to do was it just had to speak about crime. He was speaking about crime (laughs) and drugs. That's it. So that's what he thinks we need. And that's what he thinks is going to get us excited as if all black people are criminals, bro. Like, I mean, I don't know. Does that get you excited? Like the fact that he's going to attack the prison system somehow, some way and get us out of jail for marijuana crimes. Like, is that, is that good enough for your vote, bro? Uh, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, put it simply, no. People have representation, but the bottom line is the other piece is I'm going to try to change and I've laid it out. I'll send you a copy of my plan. So you have it to see voice. Pardon me. What deliver every voice or what? No, the one that I, the plan I have is my manifesto for black America and, a, and particularly the portion of it that relates to how, in fact, we're going to deal with the prison system. If you are in prison, if you are convicted of a crime, no one should be going to jail for a drug crime, period. Nobody, nobody, so, no so matter what I, the crime, particularly marijuana, which makes no sense for people to go to jail. They should be just wiped out completely. And the reason is that, if anything, for those crimes that are actually continue to be crimes, scheduled crimes, as marijuana shouldn't be anymore, what is happening is you shouldn't go to prison. You should go to a a mandatory rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. It costs less to put people in a drug rehabilitation program than it does in jail. And you have a chance. We got to give people a chance. Man, wow, I, man, that was that was heavy. That was deep. Wow, yeah. just the levels of. So I, here's what I found interesting: nobody should go to jail for jail for for drug crimes. Like just off, just nobody off rip. Like <laughs> is that what he feels like? Black people, like sensible black people, want to hear. Like, like well, no the thing is. All black people are criminals. So what he's saying is we will never go to jail anymore if we vote for him because we're already criminals and we're all doing drugs, Mondo. So that's that's kind of like, hey, you give me your vote, you can continue to do your drugs. So I know all of you are doing drugs and all of you are pretty much going to jail. So that's how that works, bro. Well, if you're not doing drugs, vote for me and then you can begin to live your truth mm. and without, you know, reprimand. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You've always wanted to tap into your blackness. Because <laughs> <laughs> you ain't black if you ain't doing drugs. <laughs> exactly. Oh, hey, man. it all comes full circle. I just thought that was funny. Like, okay, like no one needs to be in jail for drugs. So we're just going to let everybody with drug-related crimes out of prison. Is that what you really think we want to hear, bro? <laughs> it's bad, bro. And the worst thing about it is when you go on Twitter or wherever else you see it and you see black people caping for him and his message is like, bro, how do you excuse this? Like, this don't even make no sense. Like if you are a self-respecting black American, African American, like you can't, you can't listen to him and be like, Oh yeah, that represents me. That represents us. Like, this is a great plan for us. Like where, where's the value in anything that he's saying? You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, like I said, it shows the lowest common denominator of, of, of what, you know, the ideal stereotypical black man is from his view. Yeah. And he's talking to that person, you know, like, cause like you said, you're all like this. So this is what you want to hear. You know what I'm saying? Ray Ray's going to get out. 
Pookie's gonna yeah. come back home. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No one's gonna go to jail for drug crime. Like, it's just the dumbest shit. And that's why it makes it funny to me when I hear stuff like I don't know if you saw like Diddy and other cats that are, you know, that go so hard for the Democratic Party. It's just silly. And and they'll be like, you know, the black vote ain't free. You know what I'm saying? It's not free no more. If we're even talking about it and having a conversation, it's free. Like, because nothing has been done. Like, ain't nobody ever done nothing. So if, if you're still negotiating at this point, then, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's free. Ain't no, ain't no, See, like, Diddy, Diddy has changed his stance, but, you know, he was a he was a higher gun back then. Like, that, that voter die stuff, like, there was money in that for him. And so... Um, of course. Yeah, so... He's not on that right now, but yeah, you can you can change your message up twenty years from now, but um, you know we like you said there needs to be a more comprehensive strategy from these so called black leaders that have been swaying us um, to vote one way or another. You know what I mean? But it's crazy, man. Like he he can he can say whatever he want, and and actually, do you do you want to talk about? the crime bill where he was talking about the, um, you know, on average blacks get convicted for robbery and get a 13 year sentence and a white person would get three years and all that. Did you want to, did you want to touch sure. on that? We can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but basically what I want to say is like, we, we do have to have a comprehensive strategy, but we also have to have like a comprehensive, like restructuring of our values, man, because if we value this two party system, like we, we're, we're going to get nowhere fast or we're going to continue to get more of the same, which is we're going to be disproportionately what, everything. You know what I mean? What system, what system do you propose? What do you mean? Like you said, if we value this two party system, do you, mm -hmm. do you, are you suggesting that the system itself needs reparation or, or these reformation reformation, like the system needs to change? Uh, it, you know what I'm saying, in such a way that maybe it, it you know, gives way. No, for just just our 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 activity in the system. Thank you. All right. That's so, that's, that's, so that's all I'm saying because you can't okay. you can't necessarily change the whole system unless you um, destroy the system. To be honest, and so uh, at least that's that's the way that I see it. But I I think that we should change our relationship to the system, and so all of this, you know, and I'm how, a Democrat. Like just basically what um like like what what Diddy is saying like and other people like don't don't just give away your vote even Tariq Nasheed don't just give away your vote you know what I mean like just because there's a two party system and and that's all that we have we don't have to give away our vote and we don't have to put so much energy into asking for you know crumbs from these suspected white supremacists, bro. Like they not, they're not really going to empower you. Like you're going to be disproportionately X, Y, and Z fill in the blank um, forever. And like, that's, that's the way they set up this country. And you know, 2020 things are looking bleak. Like the average net worth of a black, of a black household is close to zero and it's going to be at zero, you know, within the next 20, 30 years, maybe even sooner, you know what I mean? But like, we not we not doing any better than what we did even like when reconstruction happened even in the 50s and 60s like the average net worth or like our our wealth is going down and down and down and down and we are yeah. we're just we're just not we're not properly compensated for anything that we've done ever since we've been here and so mm -hmm. you know politics represents money and how money is being distributed you know so on and so forth 
And so some black people think they're going to get a little piece of the pie. You know what I mean? If they support these people, but it's like, if you ain't giving them money, they're not going to give you no money. If you don't got no, you know, major backing and then you're not, you're not putting money in a, uh, in a super PAC and giving money to their, um, to their campaign, like they're not going to do no favors for you. And so like, instead of investing in them and putting, investing time and energy and money into them, just invest in yourself, invest in your community. And then let that, let that work for you. Let that do you some favors instead of these suspected white supremacists, man. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I was hoping that's what I thought you were going as far as, you know, believing in the two party system. I think we should just recognize that, like you're saying, basically, uh, put my own words, the system is not for us. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to the system to make it for you because it wasn't designed for you. You know right. what I mean? Like, it, there was no, <laughs> in the blueprint, in the first draft, in the second draft, and whatever draft, there was never any, you know, <laughs> there was never a template where you were supposed to be injected here to succeed. You, you feel me? Like, Mm-mm. so at a certain point, you got to understand that and do you. <laughs> right. You know, like, they, they don't, why is it that there's never any solutions, quote unquote solutions to all the things that plague black people in America until election season? You know, like th- these, these topics come up every two years, every four years, <laughs> same talking points, same like thing. shit don't change. You feel me? Like at, at what point are you going to realize none of these white saviors are going to do anything for me? Like I got to love myself, mm-hmm. provide and protect for my own and build with my own people. Like that's all it is. That's all that ever is. Like no one, and and you know, to play devil's advocate or whatever. Why should they do anything for us? Like they're in rulership. They're gonna look out for their own, like everybody else does. So why as, are we as you should, as you should. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like so, instead of like re, you know, what I'm saying like you said, begging for crumbs from suspected white supremacists, do for you. Like there's no better time than now. Where, where there's all kind of opportunities for you to create lanes for yourself. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like invest that energy in that instead of, you know, I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. But I, feel I think we've been conditioned for year. For the longest, we, we couldn't vote. And now since we've been convinced that it's such a privilege to us, like we just happen to be in the house for a few minutes, you know, Word. even if it's just want to put my vote in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like man. we just happen to be involved in whatever, you know, but – I think we really just got to get out of that. You know, do for us. Forget the system. It ain't that's for a, us. That's a fact, bro. All right, man. Let's uh, let's switch gears here. Transition into the crime. I ask you, though, you know, why so much resistance on admitting the crime bill and, and other legislation you are a part of was damaging to the black community? Because we had Hillary on a few years ago, uh, and Miss Clinton said that the crime bill Made, we made a lot of mistakes with that, and she wanted to atone for that by becoming the next president. Like She was wrong. What happened was, it wasn't the crime bill. It was the drug legislation. It was the, inst- the institution of mandatory minimums, which I oppose. Mandatory minimums. I oppose the ban. I thought you was a part of that in 84 as well, the Comprehensive Crime Control Act, that established mandatory minimum sentences for drug offenses. No, no. What happened was, you're, what you're confusing is, what, what happened was, the Black Caucus came to me and said, look, one of the, well, I did this study when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. We looked at every district of the, <coughs> of, the, of the 10 court districts in America, federal court districts, and we found out that if you got arrested for robbery and convicted 
and I got arrested for robbery convicted. It was the first time. You went to jail an average of 13 years. I went to jail an average of three years. So there was this whole move, same time for the same crime. So no one based on their color could go to jail longer than anybody else for the same crime. So what happened was there was a judicial selection committee setting up that how you deal with making sure that the sentencing process is taken out of the hands of uh, prosecutors saying, I'm going to want 12 years, 13 years for you, and three years for me. The end result of that was the unintended consequence, which we changed, Barack and I did, was the fact that you, in fact, all of a sudden, you could not lower my sentence or your sentence be uh, lower than what was the average sentence for everybody else going to jail in the districts. That's how that came about. It didn't say mandatory. We said to the judges, you can't send people to jail for the same crime different times. They have to be within a, a, a framework. That's why that has been changed. And while I was vice president, I helped Barack, we reduced the prison population federally by 38,000 people. 38,000 people. Crime bill. He went back on that. He talked about that. Um, he says that he's a, he was opposed to mandatory minimums. Um, he talks about the black man gets convicted for robbery and the average sentence is 13 years. The white man would get convicted of robbery and his average sentence was three years. Um, but that's where man mandatory minimums came from. Uh, but, you know, the we, we've seen what has happened since then, since the 94 crime bill. And basically, you know, black people are going to be disproportionately arrested. So therefore we're going to be disproportionately convicted and it didn't stop the conviction of, um, of black people for whatever crimes. And it didn't stop us getting arrested and, and getting thrown in jail for that five years and 10 months. Now, do you remember measure 11, bro? Like when that was out and people yeah. was talking about it? Yeah. Measure 11 had me scared to death, bro. When I was a teenager, hey, you can be tried as an adult, like, at 14, 15, whatever. Yeah, trying as as an adult, and police would just be targeting people. Like you get pulled over for. I used to get pulled over a lot, like back in high school. Like I, I was scared, man. Like they, they was they would just come to. They'd be on MLK, you know, or on Killingsworth or whatever, just targeting us, you know. So, um, well, yeah, so what, mean, what was what was your thoughts about that the whole thing, bro? I thought it was a, it was a nice little spin. How it, mm -hmm. you know it wasn't mandatory minimums. It was. It just has to be an average of everybody that's I think that's bullshit in my opinion. But right. um like you were mentioning, and as I was noting earlier, um what does it really matter if there's quote unquote mandatory minimums if we're disproportionately targeted in the first place? Yeah. So if I'm five or six times more likely to even come into contact with law enforcement, it any minimum is still gonna be to my deficit because I'm dealing with it and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like basically, if the white person is getting three years, why aren't we getting three years? That, exactly. <laughs> like that's really what it comes down right. to. But he did he did say that he was opposed to the minimums for whatever that's worth. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just a it's a big empty sentence that really means nothing um, to me. But I think there are there's some people where they they see value in that, you know. So I mean, there there are. I don't know, man. Like it's, it's it's tough. Like I got I got friends, or I have a friend right now, our partner that's incarcerated, um, 
and and other friends that have been through the system and so stuff like this man it's it's really hard to for me to address it because i've never been in the system and i don't i don't know what that's like and so it hits different for different people this is something that definitely it does need to be addressed but it's one of those things where i once again i wouldn't put faith in this guy to make change and he was saying oh yeah me and me and barack like oh you so you and barack so so you so you did this <laughs> you know what i mean like don't try to take credit you know for what barack did but you know it, it is what it is bro it's like it's funny how people like to pretend that you know they're aware of how racist the system is but they'll try tooth and nail to make us you know feel as though they're not part of it you know what i mean <laughs> like, like i noticed the system but me and barack said hey man this has got to change like Come on, man. Oh, like, you're not fooling man. nobody, bro. Like, you, you're not only part of the system, you are the system. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's silly to me. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, bro. This book I've been reading, um, well, I just finished it last week, man. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy book. It's called Black Skin, White Mask. It's by Franz Fanon. And, um, there, man, he, he speaks directly to that where, um, it's like, you know how white people say, well, I, I never had a slave or I, I didn't, you know, lynch anybody and I wasn't a part of Jim you still Crow. Benefit from it. Huh? You still benefit from it though. Oh, for sure. And there, uh, the, the blood is on their hands, man, because like anything that like the nation does and that the nation benefits from and you benefit from like, you're, you're a part of that you know, because you didn't do anything to stop it. And so, man, I'm trying to find the exact quote. I can't, I can't find it right now, but basically, man, it's just like you, you turning a blind eye or you calling the police, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and saying stuff about what somebody else did. Like if the police comes through and kills that black man, yeah, you didn't do it, but you empowered them and you know that they'll do your dirty work for you. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like they're just doing the things that you wish you could do, but you can't do because the law doesn't allow it. But you know that the law is set up to hurt and harm these non-white people, uh, you know, which is basically it's just set up to protect you and protect its interests. And these non-white people are not a part of the interests of this country. And so you may not have done the dirt but you're a part of the dirt and you're contributing to it and you're sitting back and not doing anything about it. So, well, yeah. I mean, even like if you imagine like there was just one block, this plot of land and someone robbed you from wherever you're from, held a gun to your head, whipped you, beat you, brutalized you, you know what I'm saying? Dehumanized you all that and made you build this beautiful mansion for him and his family to live in and made you serve them and yada, yada, yada. Mm. And then hundreds of years later, there is no slavery, but there's people, descendants of that master who's living in this home comfortably. And they're saying, well, I never had any slaves. I mean, I never did anything to anybody, I, but you're benefiting from everything that was done <laughs> by people that did this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even if we can get into white privilege, I don't really subscribe to white privilege. I think it's more of a rulership privilege to in anything They're in rulership right now. Um, but the only real justice is, to give everything back. Like if you really care, like if you really feel like it's just unfair, man, prove it to me by emptying your bank account to the first black person you see, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or setting something up 
to where somebody else gets to benefit from what you already benefit from. Like, I, nobody really cares. That's why yeah. I want people to understand, like, they don't care about us and they won't. They can, like, have the typical talking points, but any, you know, white, quote unquote, liberal who pretends to be on your side and I want to I want to ignite change, they don't care that much because fair is giving us all our shit back. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Repaying just- us for everything, you know? Even though it wasn't a people arguable, well, you weren't technically in slavery. If we are the descendants of them, several of us are, you know what I mean? Then it should go to us. So, simple as that. Yeah, man. I, you know? I hear over here certain conversations, and uh, you know, it's you hear hear white. People. I mean, living in Portland, Oregon, unfortunately, you you know we're around a lot of white people, so you know you can eavesdrop or just be involved in certain conversations, and you hear some stuff. Yeah. And it's just like y'all really think you're, you're doing something good. Like you really are patting yourself on the back just for, or just for showing up at a meeting or just, you know what I mean? Or just, just helping out, just doing a little bit of stuff. But it like, we don't care about that. You care about that. It makes you feel good, but we looking at you like, it makes you feel like you're different, but (laughs) you're not, you know what I'm saying? But ultimately we're not going to get nothing for free. We shouldn't be expecting that. We shouldn't be hoping for that. We shouldn't be oh, no. having our hands out, like none of that. Like we should do for ourselves, put all our energy into creating and building our own wealth, our own infrastructure, our own whatever. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, unfortunately brothers can't like get on code and stay on code. Like there's always going to be that remnant of us that are happy to be accepted oh, by the God. powers that be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, instead of like really committing ourselves to what we can build together as a community. You know what I mean? But yeah. it is what it is. Like the trauma goes deep, so yeah, it, it does go deep, man. But um, yeah, bro, like your boy Biden, as bad as it's been, like we've been building up to this point of the great niggerologist that Joe Biden is, but then he just he just broke it down, like he just he just let it all hang out at the very end. Now the funny thing about this is, this was another like unsolicited remark that he gave you know he had this comment in the tuck he was waiting to unleash this on Charlemagne, and Charlemagne was like he was wrapping up and i'm gonna play the clip i actually i watched it a few times too after you said that that he was planning on this and i could definitely see it too like yeah did you see his face light up like oh he was waiting for that bro he's like oh yeah i'm gonna get this one off yeah what i noticed you had mentioned earlier the the smile afterwards and i got that but (laughs) it was the lead up like, he was waiting for his moment. You know, like, when somebody has a comment, but they're just waiting for the time to interject? Yeah, it was yeah. that. And then he threw it in there. But he was expecting for Charlemagne to piggyback on what he said. And Charlemagne didn't. And then he kind of just, you know, smiled and leaned back. And then he had, he had to kind of reset. <laughs> and and I don't, it was just funny to me. But, yeah, you're right, though. He planned on that. <laughs> he was not going to leave that meeting without getting that out. It was nah, he had to, he had to get that bar off. So, without further ado... <laughs> Let's listen to Joe tell us why we ain't black. November, we got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see. Take a look at my record, man. I extended. Bro, if you got a problem <laughs> choosing whether you gonna vote for Trump or vote for him, then you ain't black, Mondo. So you better vote for Joe. Well, I guess you're going to have to take my black card, you know, sign, still and deliver. Uh, no, but I just, 
the audacity, man. That's hilarious, man. Like, bro, check the record, him. bro. He the NAACP, <laughs> bro. What you know about it, bro? I'm saying like, if he had thrown up a fist at the end, I might have bought it. Oh, too, right? man. No, um, <laughs> it just it's funny because like you can't imagine him saying that or pulling this shit with any other group of people. No, can you imagine like? You're not really Asian if you don't vote for me. Like or anything. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like all three, all my Latinos, bite this taco with me. Like he, he can't pander to nobody like that. But he'll do that shit with us. Oh man, the white you know code switching to black people, bro. It's so just. Like, it's so trashy, bro. It's so, it's so disingenuous. It's nasty. And they only look. The reason why I say it's it's. It's what's evident to me is what they think of us. They're projecting how, how they really feel about us. It's because they don't do it with nobody else. Not to nah, this level. Nah. Not to bad. this level. Pal. Like for it's somebody bad. to tell you, you ain't black. <laughs> like what, nigga? When did, who put, who made you an authoritarian on all things? On what quote unquote blackness is? Like it's well, just funny to me, bro. But let's but let's be honest. Like the the white supremacist has created all the definitions for true, us true. and who we are so unfortunately we have accepted what they've given us and we haven't given our like taken in our own identity and created whatever we need to create some people have some people will call themselves say don't call me black i'm a i'm a hebrew i'm an israelite i'm a Moor. i'm a you know so certain people do Absolutely. have do have their own um identity that they've tapped into that is outside of you know the racial system yeah. of the United States. and i can but relate I'll, i can relate to that but sure, i'm talking about sure. as a on a collective level, for, for sure. sake, like, look, that's why you've heard me say, like, oftentimes, so-called black man or so-called this, so-called that, because I know what it is, but for, for what it's worth, that's an argument that's going to take us in a completely different direction. We're going to lose sight of what we're talking about. So for sure. most people, 90% of people are going to accept the fact that I'm a black man, you know what I'm saying? So whatever, you know, so-called black man, this is what it is. But it's funny to me that what, what was telling about this to me is that he understands something about the unfortunate, you know, trauma and psyche of a lot of black men in particular. Like this need, this undying need to to fight for your so-called blackness as if it can be quantified by something. Like it's something that you need to add up to or or to to equal, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's as if your experiences aren't still your experiences, as if you don't still walk in your skin, as if you're still not perceived in whatever manner the world perceives you. Like you have to earn this level of blackness, and you can lose it if you if you're not on code in any in any particular area. He understands that much, or he's been told that. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I think I think what happened with Joe, and I think Barack Obama kind of alluded to this, and that was one of the reasons why um, he chose he chose him as his uh, vice president. Him and Joe Joe Biden and Barack Obama they shared a love a deep love for Comic View. Um, they bonded greatly over many episodes of, of Comic View. And so because <laughs> Joe Biden because Joe Biden has watched Comic View in abundance, he knows the plight and the mindset and the psychology of the black man. And so that's why he's it's so easy for him to tap into it. He lived in the projects. So Comic View was like his case study. Exactly. So he so he lived in the okay. projects after college, and then he watched <laughs> Comic View in his twenties and thirties. And then when he met Obama, like they just watched Comic View together and they just bonded. And that's, you know, that's why that's how you get Joe. I mean, that's that's so the like Joe that we know met today. Obama, it was like he's already gotten used to Bruce Bruce. So right. like it's all exactly. in the same. Yeah, Bruce you know Bruce, I mean? Earthquake, all of them. Don DC Curry. Like he know he knows all the greats. You know what I mean? He was he was he could drop names with the best of them, you know what I mean? So yeah. 
Yeah. But you don't know who Gary Owens is. That's a damn shame. <laughs> that's, a, that's a goddamn shame. He should know who Gary Owens is. Come on. Now. <laughs> nah, that's you know, it's it's crazy how it go. But oh, you know, man. I just that's why you know it for what it's worth. And I'm not saying that because again, I've told you you understand I'm apolitical. I don't care. I don't rock with either side. But I will say, as it pertains to the so-called black man, Trump is a little more honest to us. A little more. Trump is blatantly I'm, honest. Ain't no yeah, doubt about I'm, that. I'm gonna say this. What did he say in his? It was in his original campaign where he basically was like, <laughs> "What the fuck, y'all niggas got to lose? You might as well vote for me." Like, all right. no, <laughs> he didn't say. He didn't say y'all niggas. At least not. Camera, essentially, but, no. But essentially, that's what he said. Yeah. But that's what he said. It, he didn't promise to do nothing for us. No. He didn't promise nothing was gonna change. He said, "Listen, what have you got to lose? Like, you're <laughs> at the bottom. Ain't nobody did shit for you. It's not gonna hurt you to vote for me. <laughs> it's, it's not your situation can't get worse. You oh, might as well." Oh man. <laughs> You know what oh I'm saying? And goodness. I can almost respect that. Like, it ain't, I don't respect it enough to actually vote for him, but, like, I could respect that to some degree as opposed to somebody who, the difference in the liberals is, like, they just pretend to care. They pretend that they like you. They pretend to accept you or give you that hug that, unfortunately, so many so-called black men love to, to, to get from them. But the white, you know what I'm saying, the conservative, they just, like, you know, we ain't even got to pretend. Like, we know our demographic. We know it's, who we it's, need to pander to. It's amazing, um, kind of like, Piggying back on what we were talking about with Sean King or just these, um, you know, the the nonprofit pimps or whatever. Um, yeah. With our politicians and with our leaders and act, it's like. It's like we we want you, we want our leaders to typically to lie to us. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we don't really it's almost like they can tell you anything they want to want you to hear or anything that they think you want to hear. And you don't necessarily believe that it's going to happen, but you just want to feel like what you're saying could potentially happen, but you, you're never, nobody's ever going to follow up on it. Nobody's going to call them out for it, you know? And it's just yeah. like, lie to me well. And that's what, that's what yeah. politics is. It's like, they want, they want to see who can lie to you the best. Yeah, especially with the presidency, I mean, and and, they, and and white folks got mad at Trump because he wasn't playing the game. Like a lot of people that don't like Trump, and I don't like Trump for many reasons, but the white supremacists, like on the Democratic side, that don't like Trump, they don't like him because he's not playing the game right. Like you got to lie to these people, man. You can't come out here and tell the truth. Like we, we, that's not. Have you seen? Have you seen Trick Baby? Have you seen that movie? No. Nah. Man, I gotta I gotta send you the clip. It's a like a two minute clip of that movie where they're having dinner and it's talking. It's like the conservatives and um, the progressives, or, or you know, the, the Democrats and the Republicans. And it's like the Democrats are telling the Republicans, "You guys are too hard on the Negroes, and you guys gotta be easy on them." And it, and the Republicans is like, "Man, y'all y'all too nice to them, and you guys give them too much hope, and you gotta keep them in their place." And so it's just like they're all at the same table. They all want the same result, but they just they they're criticizing how the other goes about their white supremacy. It's it's that's crazy, facts, bro. Though. Yeah, yeah. That's that's facts. You know, if <laughs> a lot of these like campaigns are funded by you know similar to the same companies. Like if you follow the money, they're not that different. They're not that different in their morals oh, yeah. or their standards or what they stand for. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. They just pander to different audiences, but you yeah. know. But you know, there there are still people out there that are keeping hope alive. Um, 
And there is hope a in what? hope in democracy, hope in the Democratic Party, hope in Joe Biden. And there was recently from the Washington Post, a group of women um, that were really expressing their hope in Joe Biden and what he can do for black women. So let's let's get into that clip really quickly as we round out this, this episode. Vice President Biden, you, you need us. us. You, you owe us. us. Black women are miracle workers. We have been saving the Democratic Party since 1965. 2020 is no different. Your only path to victory is through black women. The voters you need to turn out, we know how to mobilize them. Our votes must not be taken for granted. The following commitments will begin to show black voters that you are serious about us. America needs a, a black, black woman, woman vice, vice president. president. Candidates like Amy Klobuchar will not energize us. America needs a, a black, black woman, woman Supreme, Supreme Court, Court justice. justice. Remember Anita Hill? We do. America needs more in a comprehensive black agenda. The rules are rigged against our communities. Whether we are talking about a black person who died of COVID-19 because of the lack of access to healthcare. Or Ahmaud Arbery being killed by vigilantes. Or Breonna Taylor, an EMT killed by police while laying in her bed. We deserve solutions that address systemic racism, economic injustice, and domestic terrorism. Joe Biden, you enacted drug and crime laws that harmed the black community for generations. Every major crime bill since 1976, every minor crime bill has had the name of the Democratic Senator from the state of Delaware, Joe Biden, on that bill. You say you know better now. Show us you're serious by doing better. This country has a problem. Police officers and vigilantes are killing us and our quality of life must improve. Joe Biden, this must be addressed. You must address our oppression and most importantly, embrace our power to win the White House. Vice President Biden, your campaign's mission is to restore the soul of America. There is no restoration without us. My brother, that was heavy. Um, was it? Yeah, man, I, I was moved. I was moved. Um, <laughs> I so <sure> wasn't. <laughs> I moved around in my chair, but <laughs> I wasn't moved. Joe Biden, you need us. You owe us. Your only path to victory is through the black woman. Mm, 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 mm. What does he need black women for, and what does he owe them? Like, I don't. Uh, hey, I wish they would have elaborated on what he owes them directly, but yeah. Um, you know what I thought was telling too in that whole thing? Hmm. If you look at, I mean, I don't. It'll take us a while probably to break it down. If, but I don't know how the programming is with it. But if you watch it, all the imagery in it. Just when you, if you watch it, I don't know how many times you've seen it, but if you watch the imagery, especially of how the so-called black man is portrayed in that in that clip, mm -hmm. every single clip of a black man was either standing behind a black woman, or or crying, or being emotional, or being subservient, or being mm -hmm. like that. That wasn't mm -hmm. just you know pro black woman. That was anti black man. Okay, I, I see where you taking us. I see where you taking us. Like, okay, I, I didn't notice that. I didn't peep that, but I did see a lot of black death. 
um, a lot of destruction, a lot of distraught faces. Every black man they showed was, uh, you know, a nigga who seemingly didn't have the answer or was a victim, unfortunately. They, mm. they didn't show any black prominent. Like, I'm trying to tell you, like, there's no value for, for you know, patriarchy within our own community to so many liberal, quote-unquote, black women, unfortunately. And every time there's a white liberal man that says some shit to pander to black people, unfortunately, liberal black women be the first one on his job, you know? Mm. And, and this is no different, you know? I hope mm. I don't offend nobody with that, but but it's just the truth. What good is having a, a so-called black woman next to him when he's making all the damn decisions and his people that look like him and look out for them? Like, what, what purpose does it really serve? Like, what change do you really feel like you're going to ignite by seeing somebody who looks like you standing with all these others that are going to continue to do what they do and have yeah. perpetually? I want to. I, I just don't understand. I want to respond to that. Say, say that part again. What good is it going to do, mm -hmm. right, to have someone that, that, you know, looks like you standing next to this man <laughs> among so many others that look like him and who's yeah. going to continue to make the decisions and do what he's been doing this whole time? Right. Like, what, what purpose is it really going to serve? What change do you feel like you're going to ignite, if any, by just seeing somebody, by having quote unquote representation, for whatever that means? Mm, representation matters, Twitter. Okay, I get it. I get it. So, um, hold that thought. So I want to mention what you said at first though, the imagery. So first of all, I don't like that they're turning this into a, uh, a gender war between black people because, you know, as, as so-called black people, Negroes, colored, whatever you want to call us, whatever we are in 2020, and I don't know if we're going to be in 2050, but us, we don't have the luxury of splitting up into factions, uh, especially based upon gender. Like that's not our, that's not our luxury. Like we don't have the time and we don't have the money. We don't have the energy to be fighting black woman versus black man. Like let's, let's just drop that, you know, but there is a, uh, I don't know, I guess a, a feminist lens um, or maybe womanist lens. I don't, I don't know how they're rocking, but I just I just don't see the appeal of breaking this into woman black woman versus black man because well not not because of what I just said but also in those images a lot of the violence and all, a lot of the things that they were bringing up were atrocities against the black man so and and I'm not and I that's that wasn't something that, that I'm trying to highlight but like all right that's what y'all put in the imagery so. Why does it? Why does it have to be a black woman when this is all about a black man? Like I don't see how that exactly. But that's but that's not the math that I'm trying to add up, and that's not the game that I'm trying to play. But I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, all right, I don't. What where does black woman fit into this equation? And then, um, what you said, bro, like with just the the faces that they were showing and the position, uh, the subservient, you know, the just all crying and and just there was everything was just a tragedy and it was just more black yeah. tragedy porn. You know what I mean? And I'm just, I didn't, I didn't really think about that. I wasn't even thinking about the optics of that part, but that was, yeah. Look, was look deep part. into the, it was one, two, like the, one of the first, I was paying really close attention and one of the first semi-functional black relationships that they showed at one point before that, the clip before that, they showed a black, seemingly black single mom with her kid and then the clip after that, it showed this black woman who was just sitting there, just standing there, just, you know, emotional. Like you could tell she was crying. And the brother that was behind her with his head down, like to her head, 
would it take mm-hmm. to like, you mm-hmm. know, basically this is imagery letting us know that black men can't protect us. We need to be the ones at the forefront with, with you politicians because we drive change within our community. That's what they were saying. So also, I'm, I know that they did point out like the, the Alabama thing, I think like going against Roy Moore, that was something that happened recently. And mm-hmm. I want to say like 97% of black women voted um, in opposition of him. And maybe, uh, I don't know. I, I forgot the rest, but like a, a, a huge contingent of black women voted against Roy Moore and kept him out of office in Alabama. Um, and of course, like with the, with, with Trump, I think 53% of white women voted for him. So it's almost like saying like the Democrats can't trust white women or I, I don't know, but it's just like, there's, there's a lot of things that weren't said, um, that I think that, that would lead them to come to that conclusion. But, um, kind of like what, what you were saying, like just because a black woman would potentially hold that position like why 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 does that why does that make them feel like things will be different you know like like a black woman is going to overcome white supremacy as a vice president you know they just they just want that hug they seek that same validation that unfortunately too many black men seek Mm. to be accepted by you know white zaddy or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's unfortunate, but they, I don't even think it's about change at this point. Like any logical mind has to understand, you know, the whites that are in rulership are going to remain in rulership and they're going to look out for their own first. That's not going to change mm. until it has to, but See, it's the, not going. No, go ahead. I ain't going to cut you off. I'm saying it's just not going to change. Like I just, I feel like it's more of an emotional, like unfortunate, like, a lot of people move on emotion instead of strategy. And so it's just going to pull at your emotional strings and inspire you to see somebody that looks like you standing up there, even if don't shit change. You know what I mean? It's enough yeah. for you. I, you I, feel I like just, it's positive. Promote. You feel like it's, it's progress, but mm. how, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, bro. Like I, the, the one thing, one of the things that they said that really stood out to me was when the woman said, you must address our oppression and most importantly, embrace our power. So you must address our oppression, but no, no, you want to, you need to embrace our power. Embracing our power is more important than addressing our oppression. And what, what what is that? What's the, what's the constructive, what's the constructive result of embracing a black woman's power is that, is, that, is that going to lead to addressing our oppression or, if, or but i guess the the uh embracement of the black woman's power supersedes addressing everybody's oppression like to me that just it's not even logical like is that really it's not logical and none of this shit is tangible and it doesn't move anything so yeah. for one what is addressing our oppression doing anyway? Okay, like address it. Like you can Joe, look Joe Biden addressed our oppression for 18 minutes and didn't say anything. Thank you. Yeah. Nothing like it doesn't mean anything. I can he can address it at a it doesn't nothing's changing. And two, embracing our power. For one, like all due respect, what power? Like I don't <laughs> like what power are we talking about? Like, or do you have superpowers? I, th- this whole like and I know you said you don't want to make like a gender war. And for me, it's not. I'm just trying to speak. When I speak about 
you know, things that I feel like plague black women or so-called black women, whatever, I'm talking about my own people. So it's not like some black men against black women or why we're better than that. It's, not, it's nothing like that. I'm just talking about, I feel like the psyche of a lot of black men and black women collectively is what's wrong with us as a community. And right. unfortunately, right. their psyche has been changed since, you know, historically black men have been taken out of the households and right. so on and so forth. They've embraced this whole strong black woman narrative to their discredit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why, like, there's a reason why when shit happens to a black woman, unfortunately, it's, it's that much harder for people to really sympathize for them or understand their plight as opposed to a white woman or Asian woman or Latino woman. And it's not their fault, but they've been made to, to want to embrace this whole like matriarchal warrior archetype. You know what I'm saying? Where if anybody can, can, you know, raise so-and-so and -and so-and-so on their own or raise this young boy to be a man without a man, you know, she can, if anybody can do bad all by herself, she can, if Mm. anybody can, you know what I'm saying? Like, and Mm. we, I feel like they've been taught, for so many years now that they don't need black men that they're willing to go ahead and supersede, you know, the black family, which is what really needs reconstruction more than anything for our community. And they want to jump straight to, we just need to walk right behind this, this white politician. And that's, what's going to ignite change. Like that. So how condescending is that to our own community of men? In my, in my personal opinion, as all these things that are happening as far as oppression is to men first, it's more dangerous for a black man out here in these streets as it deals with the cops than women like the, you, the the crazy thing is when they say you owe us and like women, what do we owe you? and 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 the way that they get paid back all of what they went through is a black woman vice president that's all you need they owe you they yeah. owe you that and they give you that and then that's it like you y'all y'all so y'all speaking for all black women and all black women their, their highest priority is having a black female vice president. That's what America, that's what Joe Biden, that's what the Democrats owe to us as a black female vice president. Like, come on now. That's crazy. That's crazy. It don't make sense. Yeah, man. I And, the, you know, the funny thing, I mean, obviously this is a, a democratic, you know, it's, it's political. Um, but, like, there's so many positions in the White House that are meaningful. Yeah. You know, like, what about having, instead of having a VP, like, what about other positions in the White House? You know, it, it just seems like it's all for the optics. It's all for the title. Uh, we haven't had, we we haven't had a black female president. We've had a black first lady, but now let's get a black VP. You know what I mean? Because, but, well, and, you know. Follow, they want to fall after whatever white people do. There's been a, a, a white lady vice president, I believe. Um, has there been? Or maybe I'm I'm tripping. Like. There was a, a candidate, but she, they didn't actually win. Yeah. Sarah Palin, she didn't win, did she? They nah, didn't they, they didn't win. I mean, there there may yeah. have been a, a black woman vice president. I mean, a white woman vice president. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not sure. But just yeah. the whole idea, like, I, I just, I'm at a loss for what they what type of change they expect to come from this. Like, as if just seeing a black woman standing behind all these white people within the infrastructure of their own white structure that they've had for all these years is going to just like, if they're the seed that's just going to like emerge all this change, mm-hmm. like all they need is a black woman in office, no matter what position. <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't know. That's the, that's the trick bag of it. Like it's not about black women. Like if a, if a black woman had 
a position in the White House, they're not going to give props unless it's the black woman that they like. Like, Omarosa had a position somehow, some way. Uh, Condoleezza Rice was the Secretary of State with Bush. Yeah. They don't, they don't give props to Condoleezza Rice. They didn't have her face on there. They didn't have her. Because it's not about all black women. It's just about my democratic about black the, women. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the ones that I like. You know? So don't try to make it all about us when it's only about the people that you like. Like, it's, let's be clear, bro. You know, so yeah. stuff like that, it's, you know, it hurts, bro. And it's, it's sad. Um, but I think for us, man, with, with our generation and like, a lot of the women, they, they weren't that old on there. Like they seem to be like in their, um, maybe late thirties, forties, maybe, uh, fifties, maybe, um, they need but, to be only. No, nah, but I, what, what I was getting at is like our, this, this generation right now of, you know, younger adults, like under 60 adults, um, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't know the price of freedom, you know? And so, it's like it's it's surprising to say that you for, to hear them say you owe us, but like all they all they want is like a seat at the table. But it's like, y'all, but do you do you want freedom? You know what I mean? It, it doesn't seem like you want freedom. And even if you think being in you know having a seat at that table is freedom or equality or you know so called progress, like you don't, even, you don't even know the price. You don't even know the price of that. You know, um, and it's like. Yeah. It's like we haven't taken the time to study history or just glance at history to know that, yo, what you really want, you got to fight for. Um, you're going to have to shed blood for. You're going to have to sacrifice um, and ponying up and buddy-buddying and kicking and you know, having a seat at that table is not going to get you what you want. It's, it really isn't. You can be a, you can have, I'm just, have I'm a sick of people. position. I'm sick of our people too, like just fighting for so-called equality that doesn't even exist. You know, right. like there's no equality. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're not equal to them. It's like man is not equal to woman. Woman's not equal to man. Black people aren't equal to white people. We're not equal to each other. You need to understand that your plight, your circumstances are going to be different. The rules for you are different. Period. Mm-hmm. That is what it is. They're not going to see you the way they see each other. So instead of trying to convince them after all these years, every single year, rallying, trying to say, hey, I'm human too, Black Lives Matter, you know, all this bullshit, like, you owe you're us. different. Yeah, they don't owe you shit. And if they do, they're not going to give it to you. Like, you're not equal to them. So instead of fighting for equality, you need to be fighting for equity and prosperity. And you can have that without being equal to them because you're not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you are not like it's just, it's silly to me how we got our minds like you said all they really want is a seat at the table, <laughs> and that's enough. Like that's that's enough. That's like enough. that'll satisfy us. Yeah. Nothing drives change like a black woman. You owe us. Let me sit at the table too. <laughs> like you know, at a certain point, like at what point do you just want to do you and chill with your own? Like the only man they should be trying to rally behind like that. Is whatever man presides over them, which is their husband or their man or whoever they Whoa. with like that. Presides over them. Ooh, that's some Yes, sir. That's some strong language. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. They should be loving and and adhering to, obeying the man that loves her and cares for her and and is committed to cherishing her and and being one with her and building something with her that neither of them could build by themselves. 
See, see, my brother, now you're, you're coming at this with the heteronormative mindset. You know, everybody ain't heterosexual, my brother. Some of these women like women. And so you cannot apply your norms to their norms because the norms do not intersect, my brother. You see, the lack of intersectionality is what's wrong with you and your big head numbers. <laughs> <laughs> That was good though. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, man. I can only speak for for yeah, No, nah, but look, but look though, but really though, like black women ain't on that type of time right now. Like that's that's the reality. You know, ain't nobody just sitting up under their man waiting for stuff to happen. But oh. that's what they like. That's what they need to be doing. Like that to me, that's the uh, answer. I don't. Nah, I mean, you, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I feel like the black family, period is what needs reconstruction before oh, anything. Fact. That's a fact. Like, they not, listen. But but the black family, the, the reconstruction of the black family is not just a woman sitting up under their man and waiting for him to do something. Because unfortunately, we're, we are a damaged people. You know what I mean? Like we are a traumatized people and nobody is who they should be. And, and the truth of the matter is the black woman nobody is, is who they should be. No. Who is, okay. who, who is, who is who they should be right now? The black man is a, we all have post-traumatic slave syndrome, the, you know, the ADOS, the foundational black Americans, like we all going through it. And so we're not who we should be because we're in a system of white supremacy and we're, you know, we're, we're dealt this hand. And so we're all overcompensating for what we don't have. The black woman right now, they're overcompensating for what they don't have. They don't have the, the strong protectors in their neighborhood and their family. You know what I mean? Like they, they got dudes that are being effeminate now. Like there's no warrior class of black men. There's no abundance of strong black men. And, and those abundance of strong black men, to be honest, like they've been decimated by the so-called criminal justice system. And so everybody's overcompensating for what they, do, what, what they don't have. Like this is by design, like this, you know, this class of, of black women that are extremely- Wait, you're saying that the strong black men are, are the ones that have been unfortunately have succumbed to the, the judicial system. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's, it's many a strong black men um, that are not as strong as they should be and, and not as capable as they should be because they've been targeted by the, by the judicial system. And you, you get on papers. Um, it's hard for you to get a job and it's hard for you to keep a job. And you go back to hustling, you go back to whatever, because you know what I mean? You got caught up in the system. It's many, it's many of people that are, that have been unjustly prosecuted, unjustly tried. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff that's going on that people are. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's wrong. Obviously like there's, you know, we, we live in a quote unquote racist society. I get all of that. Their own is going to get preferential treatment, but they're not locking up little kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, not, they are though. They're not, I mean, but it's okay. hella kids in juvie, bro. What are you talking about? understand that and but it's like, disproportionately not, black i get look i get what you're saying i'm not saying that it's not disproportionately black and is that wrong yes i mean it is kind of par for the course it comes with the territory when we are captives here but that's a whole nother different conversation what i'm saying is that they're not locking up four and five-year-olds by the time the system they don't have gets to involved, here's the thing by the time the system gets involved it's too late yes the system is unfair but i feel like it starts it starts with a, a, a man being able to preside over his family and lead his children along with his wife in the right direction. That's what's missing. And so oh, we got people out. We've been persecuted 
when the man was in the home too. We've been decimated when the man was in the home too. It's the same yes, stuff that's happening, that. bro. And that man was getting lynched. And that man was getting incarcerated <laughs> at, at the I same rate, bro. You know that incarceration is real and that that happened and so on and so forth. But I'm saying now in 2020, I think the change, the biggest change that needs to happen in the so-called black community is us in our homes, period. If we can like reconstruct black families as, as best we can, it, like that's where the ticket is. It ain't got to do with you supporting this politician or that politician or oh, a black I, I agree lady with you on that. or a black man in this house. Or like it's all supporting the same structure that uplifts their own people, right? No, I, Your own. But what I, what I was speaking to was when you said the black woman needs to like fall up under her man <laughs> and yes. like submit submit to him and whatever, whatever. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. Listen, Teachers if some shit was going down and there was no weapons and like the whole country was under attack or whatever, it wouldn't be no, I'm a strong black, like all the women would be looking to the men to find out how the hell we gonna attack this shit. But look, Period. What, what are the men doing right now? You can't, you can't blame the women for doing what the oh, men God. aren't doing, oh, bro. Man. Bro, women no, are getting, no. women are getting beat up and dudes are filming it. Is that is is that not facts? Okay, but is that a microcosm of all so-called black men, or is that like somebody that went viral, some lame that that put some shit out there? Is that is? Can you say that because that happened? Oh, see, look what black men do. I hate when like people are trying to paint something over the whole broad scope of so-called black men because we got a few idiots that realize they can gain clout online. Bro, yes, we show me shit like I, okay that that is that that could be an overgeneralization, but what I'm saying is by and large, um, I can understand why black women have this attitude and have taken it on, and taking it to where they're taking it because they're not getting what they want from the black man. I can understand why they have this attitude because they like the system, these you know welfare and this and that. These systems have agreed to give them assistance so long as there's not a black man involved with you. No, I'm talking about the educated black woman. I'm not talking about the welfare people. Like these women that are in, on this Washington Post thing, you know what I mean? Like those women, those are not welfare women. Those are, you know, women that have gotten degrees yeah. that are, you know, have some, you know, high level of success and whatever they're doing, whether it's activism. Um, but comedy, they've also been taught. They've also been taught. They've also been taught to uplift a certain archetype of a woman as though like your worth is determined by your quote unquote, you know, worldly achievements. And not that yeah. that doesn't, you know, come into who you are, but that there's less worth involved in falling into a patriarchal uh, uh, structure. Like, you no, know, no, no. loving so a man. What, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, so you, I don't agree with the sentiment that they have going on with that video. And I, I think that's clear. Me neither. But Absolutely. All right. So we're, so we're both in agreement on that and, and that's cool. And we don't have to agree on everything, of course, but um, what I'm, what I'm getting at is I believe I can understand why black women are fed up and looking for solutions outside of the black man. I'm not, I'm not saying that they should, and I don't, recommend that they go about it this way. I don't suggest that that way is what that, what, what we just saw. I don't suggest that that's the way that you do it. Um, I think that in our homes, we do have to control our space. We do have to control Absolutely. Our, our family. We do have to invest in us, 
right? I mean, can you show me any society? But however, in- but but we do need to have women making decisions and representing us with us. I don't want them to come back to the black family and be lorded over or be told to like fall back and don't leave. Like I black black men and black women can come together and cooperate. We don't have to do the um patriarchal European way how is of doing patriarchy, things. How is patriarchy not uh, some how is that not cooperation? I'm not saying it's not cooperation. I'm just saying I don't I don't think we should go about it that way. Can you show me like a society in history, a prominent society that that prospered and that ruled, you know, that that did so without having a similar structure of men that really did what they were supposed to do and control shit? Uh, Egypt. I'm not saying. What was that? Egypt. Yeah. Um, they had uh, hot hot ship suit. She was the she was the king. Um, the Hebrews, the yeah, she was a king. She, she, she was the king. She, she sat in that seat and they, and it was, it was an, it was Hashepsut and, and somebody else. I forgot the other name. I can't, can't think of it right now. Um, there was, uh, the, the Israelites, they had Deborah, uh, or were no, they Israelites I didn't have, Deborah was a prophetess, right? No, she was right. a judge. She was a judge. Oh, so, yeah, okay, so, yeah. so the judges took places took the place of a king. And so Deborah was okay, a judge. But and, so, and so she ruled. I'm not asking to name like prominent, you know, women that would, that held a certain uh, uh, stature in society that typically a man would hold. Yes, mm-hmm. that's going to happen from time to time. And I'm not completely opposed to that, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about on a collective basis. Can you show me many societies that thrived and prospered in, and were prominent throughout the world where there wasn't like a patriarchal system set up within it? Mm, I mean, thrived. I mean, I don't. I don't know what you. I mean, thrived. That's 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 very um, subjective. But I mean, there were there are many prominent women rulers, especially in Africa. Like before white supremacy was a thing, there was there was many women rulers in all over Africa because Africa was a matriarchal society before it was it was conquered. And so, but even recently, um, like within the past like three, 400 years, there was a queen, uh, was it Nzinga of, of Angola? Um, and if you want to go with Europe, you know, there's a queen of England or whatever, and everything goes through the queen in, in, in England. So um, they have a woman as the matriarch, whatever. What I'm saying, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that, that, that it should be a situation where men are like tyrants and women should just be barefoot and pregnant all the time. And not speak and the spoken to and and dinner should be ready at this time. I'm not I'm not talking like that, but I'm just saying like we've I feel like we've been preconditioned where there's so many men or you know quote unquote men now that are so effeminate because our system that we live in our our community has become so matriarchal. I mean, so many brothers are only being raised by I'm I'm lit. Yeah. I'm not saying this applies to everybody. I'm not saying that there have not been women who can raise men and, and so on and so forth. But like when you don't have that, there's a certain level of manliness and, and, and um, I don't know, assertiveness that you are going to be able to impart to your children, your son especially, that really cannot be, that's not parallel to what he could get only you know, with, with a woman raising him. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying it's all their fault. 
But I'm saying the, All right, the we, we're, we're, that. we're saying two different things. The, the fact that there is um, someone was raised in a single parent household and their mother was it was just their mother or their grandmother. I mean, that's not that's not what we're talking about. We're we're talking about what I guess what I'm talking about is a matriarchal, about, a, a matriarchal society just means what you're saying, because at first you were saying, like, who had women ruling anything and, and running shit? And it was like, no, no, no. I said what societies were ruling where there wasn't patriarchy. I mean. Oh, well, I was just, I was just, I just named off those, but like having a society being ruled by some type of um, queen or, you know, a, a female ruler or decision maker, that's different than like somebody's household, like, you know, not yeah. having a male yeah. in the household. Of course you want to have, you know, exactly. men, men in but the I household. feel like we, that's one of the worst things that's happened to us is that black men don't have typically control over their families. And I feel like that's something that, but no, but black men don't have to have control over their family, bro. I mean, it's you you want to have the best leader there making the decisions, and you want to have a healthy dynamic between the black man and the black woman. Period. Whoever so you don't the, think a black man having control over his family or being the lead of his household uh, is is a quote unquote healthy dynamic. Being the lead, if, you see if, it's, that a, if it's a healthy if it's a healthy black man. That's leading. Yes. If it's an unhealthy black man, then no, it's not about okay, the man or the woman. Like, I'm not, it's I'm not, not speaking. <laughs> it's, it's not to me. This is to me. It's not about the man or the woman. It's about who has, who has, um, who has the leadership capability, who has the, the, who can make decisions, who can delegate, you know, how can, how can we all work together and everybody's strengths, be utilized. And so the way I see it, like the, uh, I think, you know, we should have, we shouldn't have like the European model of a family, the nuclear family, because all of this, the, the, the model of the family and the way that it's raised is just a, it's a subset. It's a microcosm of society. So the family is like the building block or society is set up in a certain way. And the family reflects what, what they're going to, what you're going to go into as you become an adult. But that's, I mean, that's how the Europeans set up their society. And so everything that we're doing is based upon how they operate. I would, I would suggest that we go back to being village minded. You know what I mean? Like everybody shouldn't have to depend on just a mom and a dad. Like everybody should be in a village. So it's just like, or a village type of atmosphere, like kind of like how we grew up back in the South or even man back in the, in the 90s like here in northeast portland like, every, like every, everybody home. knew each other you know what i mean and so it's just like you should be able to rely you should have many adults that you interact with that that take care of you and that like it takes a village to raise a child like they said that because that's really what it takes like you can't just rely on two adults to take care of a child you need many adults many different people that are pouring into our children that are raising our children that are working together collectively to benefit everybody and so that's how i see it now whether it's the matriarch that's calling the shots or uh or the patriarch is calling the shots that's neither here nor there you can be successful either way but as far as us as far as non-european people like we should go back to what has worked for us and what benefits us and which is a village mentality as opposed to a nuclear um, European patriarch mentality. Yeah, I don't know that my um, views on it are so much derivative of uh, the European aspect, uh, really the Roman aspect. Um, but I mean, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you, I guess I just don't see the I don't see the um, the detriment 
and and having you know a clear leader like i think nowadays we've been taught to like if there is a leader or a head for lack of a better word of a household that somehow that's like condescending to anyone who doesn't hold that title is if one position is is better than the other or more significant than the other when really i don't feel it that way i just feel like people were given certain roles to play and so long as they do both of them as they're supposed to and they work efficiently and harmoniously they're they're equally important you know what i'm saying like if you have somebody who's 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 driving the ship right but he needs those that are assisting him and helping him with everything he needs for the ship to drive they are just as essential as he is if he doesn't do his job the ship goes down if they don't give him what he needs so that he can run the ship then it's going to go down too so i'm not saying that like one is more significant than the other i'm just saying I don't see how it's a detriment. You're just saying the man should be steering the ship. Yes. Okay. Well, just say that. Don't don't try to get all fancy with it. All you're saying is the same thing. That's a roundabout way of saying the man needs to be the leader. The man needs to be in control, and the woman needs to know her place. Right. I mean, I didn't say know her place. You added that part. Where? All right. <laughs> so so where is the woman's place on the ship? Is it in the kitchen? Is it uh? Down, down I mean, below. What ship are we talking about? Is, is she? Is she? Is she swabbing the deck? What? What is the woman doing on this ship? <laughs> Tell me. I mean, that just depends on the dimensions of the ship. I mean, everyone's situation. The dimensions of this ship. Look at this but, guy, bro. This I mean, is different ships. You feel me? But you should be an activist, bro. You slick. You slick, bro. Hey, I think we act like it's a. We act like what? What's up? Hold on, one sec. Thank you. Ah. <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? The munchies for a quick, quick second. No, nah, but I think we, we just act like it's a sin to, to say that, you know, men should lead. I mean, we did at one point, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that there's not other ways, other means for people to find success, but um, I don't see nothing wrong with that. I think I, we, we live in a society now where it's like, People think it's condescending to say something like that, to say that men should lead. Like we, we, we hear phrases like toxic masculinity. Like you, you believe that there's, there's men that have toxic masculinity. Do you not? Like, I don't understand what's toxic about. Oh, you froze. Screen froze. All right, I can. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it froze up. It's all good. But I'm, yeah, but I'm was, saying, he was, like, he was talking about toxic masculinity and then it, and then it froze. That, that's the climate we live in now. So that's why it's hard. Like, it's going to fall on deaf ears when I say men should lead. You know, like, masculinity. Here's like, if you heard some, some shit outside at 3 a.m. in the morning, right? Are you really going, like, if, if you are equal, are you really going to be like, baby, I'll stay here with the kids, go see what's going on? 
No. Exactly. Because you're not equal. It's your job to <laughs> that's that's another but look, way of but look, but that's but that's you though. That's you, bro. There's a lot of mean? there's there are a lot of black men that could care less. There are a lot of black men that are not operating on that on that plane. There are a lot of black men that don't have that mindset. And that's so cool. and so that's that's the reality for a lot of women out here. Unfortunately, they may have chosen someone or a few people that will not be there for them and that will not protect them. For whatever the reason, like for whatever and so, and so the they and so they have chosen to go their own route. And I cannot fault them for that because they're trying to they're trying to solve problems just like anybody. And so everybody's everybody's um everybody's a part of this equation. Everybody has played a part in this equation somehow, some way. And uh we all have to look at each other and have an honest conversation with each other, but like work with each other and trust each other to actually come to a solution as opposed to abandoning the black, like I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's almost, it feels like these women have abandoned black male leadership Absolutely. and are now, are now Absolutely. appealing to white male leadership. And that right Absolutely. there, it hurts as a black man to see black women putting right. themselves in that, in that position. Um, it seems foolish, but that's the position right. that that's the position that they willingly put themselves in because they feel like maybe I don't know what they feel like, and I don't want to put words in their mouth, but those are the optics as a black man looking at that. It looks like they are they have abandoned black male leadership and they went they went all out and they they had they had a uh, a cooperative effort. They read the same script. They had it edited all together to make it more powerful so that they could appeal to this white man who they feel like is extremely powerful and they feel like his power can elevate them into a position of power. And that's, that's what we see. And but it has nothing to do with like any hope for real change in my personal opinion. They I played the clip. They played the clip where it said, um, what did she say? She said, you passed, you helped pass the crime bill that was very detrimental to our community and so on and so on and so forth. Now to make it what right. What are you going to do? Yeah, how are you going to make it right? Yeah. At, at, at what point, like, what more do we need to talk about now? Like, when, in the words of a prominent black woman, or at least she's credited for saying this, Maya Angelou, tremendous poet who I got respect for, um, she said, when someone shows you who they are, mm -hmm. believe them. Believe them, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So why are we... You know what I'm saying? Like he's showing you what his what his agenda is. He's showing you what he cares about, what he doesn't care about. If he cared about all the shit he claims to care about right now, there would be some evidence to back that up mm. before this point. Mm. So like this is not about any hope for like real change. This is an idea. This is a, an opportunity for them to sit at the table. Right? What time better than now in this racial climate that we live in? This is our chance to get to sit at the table. We've seen a black president or a black male president. We've seen like, so it's more about, to me, it's just, it, it's a little bit selfish for lack of a better word. And it's, I guess the word I'm looking for is futile. Like it's to no avail. It's, there's no gain. It's frivolous. Like nothing is going to come of this. Even if you get what you're asking for, nothing will happen. 
Yeah, it seems it seems <laughs> you know to be driven by like by pride and ego. It doesn't really seem like yeah, any, any, you know anything constructive that's going to come out of this. Anything substantial that's going to come out of this for and, and I all guess of I us. didn't have to. I didn't have to. I guess act as though this is. I guess as strongly correlating to the black household as it is, but to me, I, I just kind of see it that way. You know what I mean? I, I, I can dig it. I see it. Yeah, I see a correlation in the leadership that black men unfortunately don't have in in their household and within their communities. Mm-hmm. Like any black old, any black man that's leading a community probably leads his household first. You know, mm-hmm. period. You know what I'm saying? And because there's not that, like it gives way for situations like this where instead of you know, several black women collectively want to vie for the attention of their own men or their to to help their own men build something. They rather, you know, you know, sit at the table <laughs> for whatever that's worth. You know what I'm saying? I feel you, bro. Well, um, let's go ahead and wrap this up, bro, because I got my kids staring at me. And what's what's downstairs? What's pizza waiting for, for you? Some pizza for me? Okay. Awesome. But yeah, man. So any, uh, any final thoughts, man, we, we touched on a lot of things tonight, bro. Oh man. Um, caught you mid snack. What was that? I said, I caught you mid snack. Oh dang. No, you got, (laughs) um, man, just love ourselves, love each other. Um, except that the game is a little bit, the game should be played a little bit different. Mm-hmm. On our side of the court, but that's all right. We just got to learn how to be on code together. Um, men learn how to lead again. Mm. Masculinity is needed. Mm. <laughs> Keep it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing talks about it. And women There's learn how to obey again, huh? Talk that talk, Mondo. <laughs> I, I know where, I know where you want to go with that. I know where you want to go listen, with that. <laughs> listen, look, I, most, of my ideas are, are, most of my ideas are built upon biblical principles, so I understand that may differ. From no uh, from others and how no other people see things, um, but but that's where I'm coming at it with. But you know, I, I feel like we just we we lack culture right now, mm. and until we find that, until we have a real culture and we find you know who we really are, um, then we're we're gonna be easily misled and all these other diversions and 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 so on and so forth. But you know, all we really can do is live in the moment and and keep living and learning. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I would say um, I would just want to echo your your sentiments as far as like we just need to come together, man. We got to stop looking outside of us, and, you know, people outside of our our circle to solve our problem. Like this is our problem, yeah. you know. Absolutely. And uh, we don't necessarily have to uh, mimic any other cultures. We can take the good from other cultures and see what they're doing. Uh, we can look at the uh, you know Hispanic. Um, groups in America, we look at we can look at um, the Vietnamese, the Chinese, the Japanese, um, the Koreans. We can see how they've built up their communities, and um, we can see how they don't necessarily attempt to appeal to these politicians because they know that they have power amongst themselves, and they don't have to, you know, uh, acquiesce to the plug. You know, what I mean, we we think that that these politicians and you know these white folks, these corporations are the plug. And it's like they that's the illusion that they that they throw in your face. And then if you buy it, then you buy it and, and they got you. But um, there's there's so many ways 
to for other people to embrace your power you know and you have to actually have that own power you got to be able to, to, to display it and so kind of like what you're saying like it, it, however you do it whether it's the nuclear family or a village model unless you actually can come together and and show true solidarity within your family within your own circle within your own sphere of, of influence if you can't control your own space that's around you then you're not going to be able to do nothing with somebody else. You know, they're not, they're not going to be able to help you control your space. Like you got to do that on your own. So we got a lot of hard work to do. We got a lot of conversations that we need to have. And uh, we got to start making a plan and, and strategizing on how we're going to get what we want and how we're going to make things happen for us. Not looking outside of us to, to have somebody to hope that somebody's going to do something for us. You know what I mean? So. Um, this, right. is a, this is a really good conversation, bro. Really good episode. I appreciate you for coming on, man. It's been it's been too oh, yeah. long, bro. Most definitely. Real quick before we so did did Joe Biden earn your vote or? Nah, I'm I'm not voting. I'm not voting for nobody, bro. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nah, he didn't. He didn't earn nothing. He he owes me. He owes me. He owes you. He owes me. Yeah. All if right. he if he makes me vice president, then I might vote for him next time. Talk that talk. I'll vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> you both me, bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, what's up? No doubt, man. Well, once again, y'all, it's the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Holla at y'all next time. Grace and peace. Peace. <laughs>